Good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, another Sunday Evening GPG podcast. Apologies for some technical issues. Uh, going live a little later than than expected, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. I made a complete arse of OBS, um, <laughs> trying to get everyone's cameras in after last week's show. So we're on a new link, uh, so hopefully uh, people can, can jump into the show. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, I know we don't normally do this too often, but if you wouldn't mind sharing out this link, because it is a different link to the one that we, uh, that we had scheduled originally that would be that would be uh, amazing um and gents we have managed to do a few shows back to back to back i think now three or four on the bounce now in our new sunday sunday evening slot so um hopefully uh the consistency is going to help us out hopefully it lets everyone know exactly when we're going to be when we're going to be streaming but on tonight's show, we do have uh, the three uh, regulars, I guess we, we could call us uh, the, these days. Uh, we've got Luke. How are you doing there, Luke? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, um, It's weird because I can see you on one screen. And on the other, I can't see you. <laughs> like here, I can't see you. Yeah, I'm very sorry about that, man. I need, no, no, I need no, to no, figure no. that out. I'm sure there's some wizardry that the OBS experts use to to make it to make it right. But um, yeah, no, it's just trippy. It's cool. Um, yeah. Keep it that way. <laughs> um, no, but I'm very, I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, we've had quite a lot of news actually uh, in various forms, some big, some small. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to the show. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a good week, I think, um, especially on the PlayStation side. I think I think it's fair fair to say. Um, so we'll hopefully be jumping into a, a few of those a few of those topics uh, tonight, but also helping us uh, navigate through them. We do have our good friend Puxley. Puxley, how are you doing, Matt? Yes, good evening, everyone. I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, not to be a, a bore or anything, but I can't help but on the stream, our Luke's and I's video feed seem to be temperamental and it, it, i hope it's just ah okay why why is like, that they look like static images and then they kind of seem to be updating sporadically yeah oh, yeah, yeah they look me, to or? be no no it looks to be our images are frozen Puck. ah okay so it's just Starts is still going you know what's you know what's weird is my video quality like significantly worse than you guys as well I don't think mine looks that great at the moment, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you look better than me personally. Oh, okay. On mine, on mine, it, I seem to look worse. Um, it does look an OBS now. It lo- looks to be, it looks to be good. I'm not seeing any drop frames or, or anything. Um, oh Christ, just all kinds of technical issues tonight, gents. I am very, <laughs> I'm very sorry. Obviously, no, sorry to sorry, to everyone in chat. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, guys who, who are in chat, please let us know uh, how it looks, how it sounds to, to you guys. That will be um, greatly appreciated. Um, actually, that does remind me, I forgot to put the actual uh, new link in the Discord, so I'll, I'll pop that in now. So, yeah, not, not, the, not the smoothest start to, to the show tonight, <laughs> from my perspective. Very we sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, I can see that you do seem to be moving now, which is which is the which is the main thing. So, um, yeah, but as I mentioned, we've had a, a pretty pretty busy week, especially on the uh, on the PlayStation front. And thank you very much, Al Chronicles, uh, saying that it looks fixed now. Appreciate that. Um, I'll hopefully have got uh, rid of any technical issues for for next week's show. I might just have to power through a little bit tonight, if if any others. Um, appear but yeah we, we've had a, we've had a pretty pretty busy week um we've had psvr 2 news uh we've had god of war ragnarok reviews um 
<laughs> we've had Kojima talking about abandoned, which I found hilarious. Uh, we've had a semi-naked man leak footage of a Kojima game, yeah. seemingly. Um, we have got some news out of Jason Schreier from Bloomberg um, around, uh, I can't actually remember the name of the uh, Embracer Studio. What, what did they rename the Square Enix Montreal to? Um, um, again, oh, it's so like a, a nano, was it? Nano? Yeah, yeah some, something like that. Yeah, um, uh, being unfortunately shut down very um, shortly after after being being acquired by Embracer. But as part of that article, um, some interesting tidbits, particularly around um, Idos Montreal, potentially helping out with uh, with Fable. So we'll we'll jump into that, and hopefully um, a few more things depend on depend on what what, what comes up. So. Um, but before we jump into any of those topics, I thought it'd be good just to have a little bit of chat about what what people have been playing this this past week. So, Pox, I'll start. I'll start with you there, mate. How um, what what's been uh, keeping you busy this past week? Like I said, I've been away again with work. So, in the times that I've have I have had, I've actually been jumping into Trials Rising through PS Plus. Um, big fan of the Trials games. Played them all since the original back on the three sixty and. I love the, the, I love the difficulty and the torture of them all, uh, and I noticed that it was on PS Plus, and I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. I never got around to buying it when it first got released, and I've actually been having quite a good time with it. I've got a few niggles with it in terms of how the progression works and stuff like that, but apart from that, I've I've, been, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, and I think that's kind of the main thing I've been playing. Um, I'm I kind of dabble in and out of Fortnite still. I think as I said to you guys last week. Um, I'm kind of getting quite close to level 100 and completing the battle pass, so I'm kind of just naturally playing in a few stints and doing a few quests and stuff and finishing that really, so not too eventful. However, I think as we said before, my PS4 is all kind of nicely updated and ready to go for (laughs) God of War. Well, I am away on Tuesday, annoyingly, so either Tuesday evening or Wednesday will hopefully be when I start getting myself stuck right into some... God of War Ragnarok when uh when that finally comes out so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, d- definitely. It, it is Tuesday that it's released as well, Pucks. I believe so. The, the night, it's right? Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, oh well, Wednesday. that's an unusual yeah. day, isn't it? Yeah, although obviously it unlocks at, at midnight. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. come Wednesday, I should hopefully be uh delving right into that. So now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you and. So be keeping myself away from spoilers and trailers and anything like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I'm trying to go in as blind as I can. You won't be the only one, Pucks. I think who's going to be jumping into to Ragnarok on on Wednesday. It, it seems. How has the media blackout been going for you with with Ragnarok then? Because we we've spoken about it a little bit on the show this past couple of weeks actually. Because the previews came out a couple of weeks ago. Um. So so we we've touched on it. Um. So have you managed to stick relatively clear of of spoilers? I, I know, unfortunately, yeah. the pr- the entire thing's pretty much leaked at this point. So um, good yeah, luck I to everyone. Been, so I don't know whether it's just I just don't follow the right channels or whatever on twi- on the Twitter sphere or things like that. But no, I've not had much in spoilers at all. The only things I keep getting up some t- are randomly are um, just links to watching one of the latest gameplay trailers that came out, like like what two weeks ago now or something like that. Um, but no, I've actually been pretty spoiler-free. And to be fair, I've managed to—I've not felt the urge to click on any like links and stuff. So, because I know I want to go in blind, and thankfully the internet has not been a dick to me and thrown it all in my face <laughs> to try and watch. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's been pretty easy for me actually. Uh, I have to say. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it, yeah, because I think, uh, like, achievements have come out. You've obviously had the reviews that have come out. Um, the pre- We spoke about it last week. I think Cory Barlog came out, and obviously he was discussing about how a retailer had pretty much leaked the game two weeks two weeks ahead of time. So, uh, obviously, yeah, be vigilant out there. Good luck to everyone trying to avoid spoilers. Just a few more days to wait, as Luke says, Wednesday. So, you've just got another... Um, just a little over forty-eight hours for those who are going to be jumping in at midnight. So, but Luke, what's what's been keeping keeping you busy this this past week? Uh, loads of different bits actually. So, um, Overwatch Two still as I'm trying to um, get my way through the battle pass for that. Yeah. Um, which is fairly slow going, but I'm not too far away now. Um, so that uh, Bayonetta Three still uh, as well. Haven't had as much time as I would have liked to dedicate to that, but um, still still on the docket as it were. Um, played a little bit of God of War actually. Um, oh, okay. Not not much. I'm not doing another playthrough before the the next one comes out. But I um, I just wanted to kind of you know feel my way back into it a bit again, um, so I'm a bit fresher. Um, so that's been enjoyable. Uh, Plague's Tale, um, which is great. You know, that's really, really cool. Um, and I think, I mean, I think that's about it. A bit of Vampire Survivors, of course. Yeah. You know, just great. I actually saw you on that earlier. Scott, yeah. I, I, hit, my, uh, I hit level 47 on stage three, which is the highest I've got yeah. I've got so far. I, I, I said when Indy was on the show, I'm really digging the uh, the garlic build. I think that's the yeah. that's the one I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying it at, at the moment. But uh, I actually got my first. Um, I'm not too sure what they call them, but the evolved weapons. Um, I got yeah. my evolved yeah. whip. Um, oh nice! Yeah, nice. which uh, yeah, it can do crits. It can heal you. It, it was pretty yeah. viable when, when it came in. So yeah, really, really, really enjoyed. It. Honestly, I could just play just listen to music of of that game. To be that's honest, crazy, something yeah, yeah, that's really cool and retro about. I just add as well that like I never heard of this game until you mentioned it like a couple of streams ago, Luke. And then ever since then, <laughs> I seem to see it everywhere. And then before, and then it was like coming to Game Pass or something. It was just like, what is this yeah. game out of nowhere? Just. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really great. I really would recommend uh, uh, giving it a, a go because yeah. um, within about ten minutes, you'll you'll probably be addicted, like most people are. You know, um, it's just one of those games. Yeah, it's just a great. It's just so great to just to pick up as well. Just if you've got a spare twenty minutes and you can't dedicate it to a story game or anything like that. Yeah. Um, just have a couple of games on that. It's brilliant. Yeah, I very much like. Um, I treat it kind of like how I did Hades Pucks. It was just, yeah. you know, if I've got 20, 30 minutes, I think the max runtime is 30 minutes, if I'm right, isn't it, Luca? I, yeah. don't, I don't think you play any longer uh, than, than the 30 minutes before I haven't restart the level. So, yeah, you can just jump in, play a bit, and it, it's, you know, even if you don't do an awful lot, as long as you collect some gold, you can use that to kind of power up your next run. It's, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. And, and like I say, the music is excellent. Uh, it re- really is. But, yeah, it's... um. It's. I think. Look, uh, I hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks back. So mm. I'm gonna have to gonna have to check this out. But I think it only um, went 1.0 fairly recently, and when it went 1.0, it came out on Game Pass for PC, and then just this past week, it was announced for console uh, as as well, and, and and Xbox Game Pass as well as PC Game Pass. That that it's already in. So I imagine a lot more people are going to be jumping jumping into that. So. Yeah, looking looking forward to to seeing more people check check that out because yeah, uh, when you see you getting the later levels, it just looks 
bonkers. Like it really just looks absolutely bonkers on on your screen. Just numbers and colors everywhere. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. So yeah. Uh, anything else, Luke? Um, I know we were chatting in the green room a little bit. Obviously, you've you've had your first full week gaming on your on your new beast of a beast of a rig um you've had a bit of an upgrade actually this this, this past week i did see you and yeah, boxenberger yeah. talking i think it was boxenberger you've, you've gone for a, either a tv or a new monitor upgrade as well so yeah yeah that's right yeah i got a new um tv for the actually it's my wife's kind of off gaming room i guess but ah. we're under the under the uh, understanding that I'll be in there um, <laughs> to, to do that. Yeah, so I, I got a new um, QD OLED, um, which is just amazing. It's just an OLED, but super bright, basically, yeah. uh, which is kind of like the weakness of OLED, remedied, as it were. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been playing, like, not not playing, but, like, putting some stuff on that just to see what it looks like. So God of War is on that, for example. Yeah. It's just awesome. So, yeah, I can't wait to... Uh, Blade Ragnarok on it. Um, but yeah, no, I've had the rig uh, for a week. Um, it's been absolutely fine so far. I've no issues. Uh, and it's just awesome. I mean, the performance on it is just, you know, it's just un- unbelievable. And, and DLSS 3 in particular is just uh, just crazy. I mean, just the, the boost in frame rates that you get from that, um, just enabling it um, are unbelievable to, to really know discernible visual downgrade or anything um you know and just uh the only other thing i was playing as well was doom eternal for a bit because that's a really good kind of game to gauge performance uh and id tech anyway is super well optimized so you can get high frames or good frames on pretty much anything but it scales very well so i think i was getting about 300 frames on that um <laughs> not bad <laughs> yeah so that, that's maxed at native res um so uh it's just yeah crazy um and uh yeah no it's been it's been a good week like gaming wise it's been a, it's been a good week but yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing and then also obviously um preloaded ragnarok ready to go for wednesday yeah um i, I suspect your rather excited for that just just like yes. just like punks we'll probably have to touch on that next week actually and have yeah we'll be talking about ragnarok like three times in four weeks i think yeah. uh, we'll no doubt be t- touching on it so uh unfortunately I'll, I'll i'll not have an awful awful lot to say um i have actually started back up the um the original on on pc but i've not completed it and obviously it's probably be, uh, a little little bit of time before i can check it out on pc i think they've said well it's going to be a minimum of about 12 months before yeah. before the games come to pc so maybe this time next year i'll finally be able to delve into the ragnarok conversation so um yeah but gents we've uh like we said at the beginning obviously we've had a a, f- a fair bit of news this past week or so so wh- where would you guys like to like to start anywhere in particular no should we start with the playstation vr news then oh luke Apol- uh, sorry pucks apologies you might have said something there but you're muted at the moment mate. i can't yeah. i can't hear you yeah. we'll give uh we'll give pucks a second to 
to, to sort out. Well, while Pucks is maybe trying to figure that out, yeah, I guess the, the big news, I think, was uh, was obviously the announcement of the release date and the pricing for PlayStation v- VR 2. I think people have been anticipating this for, for some time. Um, look, what was the release date again? February 23rd or something along those lines? Or, PSVR oh, the, 2. Yeah, yeah. I th- February something. I can't yeah. actually remember. Yeah, um, February something. And then yeah. the pre-orders go live 15th, I want to say. Something like that. It might even be sooner than that, of, of November. Yeah, I will just double check when that is, actually, just to make sure we are given the right inf- information. It's February 22nd. That was a day off. Not not too yeah, bad. Not not yeah. too bad, at least. And then probably the the, the biggest talking point of the, the announcements, and I'm, I'm curious to, to get into this with you both, uh, is the pricing. Um, so I think a lot of people have been expecting a fairly high price point for this, especially in the current economic climate and because of the, I guess, the just the raw specs of of the headset itself but it came in for us in the uk 530 pounds uh for our american friends i believe it was 550 uh dollars uh i think it was 600 euros for 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 those in in europe which um i think look probably fair to say maybe surprisingly uh, a little bit but it does seem to have caught people caught people off guard and uh i think the general consensus uh following that announcement was Holy shit! <laughs> this, this thing is is bloody expensive. It's more expensive than than uh, a PS Five uh, digital edition. And is it is it more expensive than the disc version as well? How much does that retail for these days? Since they put the price up, yeah, I think it might be five hundred. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, I think it might actually be a very, very similar price. So we've got BMG in the chat there. Thank you very much, BMG. It says pre-orders go live November 15th at 10 a.m. for, for us for us in, in the UK. I mean, uh, regardless, though, the thing is, uh, it is pretty expensive, but probably not too surprising for, for it to hit that hit that price point. But the, the larger conversation has just been sent around, like, is this thing too, too expensive? So we'll maybe start there. Um, Pucks, are you still having some audio issues there, mate? No, I think you should. Be there we go. You, you're back you there, mate. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that that's fine, mate. Glad, glad. My, my Discord decided to put my input and output settings the default, so then doesn't know what to pick. Cheers, Discord. Cheers. So, um, yeah, look, where where do you stand on on the on the pricing of, of PSVR two? Because I know we were chatting in our Discord about it, uh, and I, I think you kind of felt it was actually a good place from from pricing perspective, which I think is. Um, not the general consensus I've seen, although obviously there's a couple of different angles for it. So, so where do you stand on it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I thought it was going to be about five hundred pounds anyway. So, in you know, kind of there or thereabouts as to what I expected. Um, and I think the reason I expect, you know, thought that it was going to be around that level, primarily because of the tech uh, involved, because. You know, in terms of feature set, it's it's surpasses pretty much the majority of PC VR consumer products, even ones that are double the price, like the Valve Index, for example, um, which is nine hundred pounds, thousand pounds. So, by comparison to those things, it's actually um, very uh, cheap. You know, in the in the VR space, now it's not as cheap as like a, a MetaQuest Two or something like that. Um, but it's not a million miles away from those prices. And obviously, again, for the, you know, you're getting more advanced tech. Now, obviously, it's not wireless. 
um, like the MetaQuest is, but um, it's it's a really impressive piece of hardware. So I think like I was expecting a pretty significant price for that. Um, I think I would have been surprised if it was like six hundred pounds or more. I think that would have been really a lot. Yeah, it already is a lot. Um, but I think if you look, I mean, if you look at what you're getting, and then also you know, uh, compare it to the original PSVR, which I think cost about the same by the time you'd actually bought the move controllers and the camera yeah. separately, all of which you needed really to, to play OG PSVR. So I guess, you know, apples to apples, it's good value, you know, because you've got more tech and more include, you know, far more advanced um, piece of hardware and um, more included given your controllers are there, you know, completely redesigned, etc. Um, but, you know, I totally agree with the sentiment that it's it's a lot of money in this climate, right? If if it come out a couple of years ago, it still would have been very expensive, but I don't think the reaction would have quite been the same as it is now because people just look at that price and just scoff, you know, given the given yeah. the world. You know what I mean? So um I genuinely don't think it's that bad a price for what it is. Um, but, you know, the, the and the thing is as well that um, it's not as if it's like a necessary product for your PlayStation, just in the same way that PSVR, um, that PC VR isn't, right? So it's an add-on. It's something supplementary. Yeah. Um, it's still pretty niche. So, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. Um, but it is it is a lot of money. And I think, obviously, they will not sell tons and tons of this out of the gate anyway. One, because it's a smaller, kind of more enthusiast product. And two, because it's how much it is, you know. So um, that won't put some people off. It's probably not going to put me off um, because I really want to experience it. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see how it how it performs out of the gate. Um be interesting to see how many how many they make and what their kind of forecast for this are given the price. And obviously as well, you have to have a PlayStation 5 to use it, obviously, but that, yeah. that is still somewhat quite difficult. I mean it's getting better, but you know, it's like the the user base already is quite small because it's only PlayStation 5 owners and then it's kind of gets smaller because it's only a portion of those owners. And maybe some of the people who would really want the product actually can't get the thing you need to run it, which is PlayStation Five. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pox, did you have PS VR for for your PS Four? Is is VR something that 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 you like to dabble in? I don't have a PSVR myself, but I did have a family member a number of years ago who did have one, and I remember having a go of that, which was okay. But you know, I, uh, February this year I got a Quest Two, uh, so I've really been enjoying that. Um, I kind of share a lot of Luke's sentiments there in that I wasn't expecting this thing to be cheap yeah. by any means. Um, so when I did see the price reveal, I mean, part I mean, the natural reaction was to be like, you know, like cough, bloods, scoff, you know, like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, how much? But uh, like, it, it does make sense. I wasn't expecting much less, really. And if anything, when you, if you consider the other kind of more, I mean, I don't, Quest 2 is very good for what it is and for its price point, but it's obviously not a high end. VR headset in yeah. comparison to what's out there already. So in terms of really touching that high-end VR market, which is, you know, again, that's that's the niche bit, which again was what Luke was talking about. So, and when you consider to have a good, you know, to have that fantastic VR experience using like the HTC Vive or, you know, whatever 
PC-based headsets out there, you know, you, you need a, you know, the rig itself is going to cost you like a grand or something plus to have like that yeah. peak performance experience with it. Yeah, you don't need to have you know equip like a rig that expensive, but to get the most and to get the best VR experience, you need powerful hardware. And then you've got to pay the grand on top of that for the the headset itself. You know, and some of them have external cameras and things like that. I know that's kind of being developed away now for the more kind of internal uh, camera-based stuff to kind of set outwards. But when you consider what the other options are and what this is trying to target, you know, a £500 PS5 and then another £500 for a headset and a grand total is arguably the cheapest option for that high-end VR experience. And again, you know, it's not going to be... It's not targeting for the mass market. It is looking. It is for those that are that are wanting that niche experience. And no doubt it's going to be very good. And as you say, you know, a lot of people online are almost scoffing at how much it is that it's not consumer friendly, but the tech at the moment isn't consumer friendly anyway. Like <laughs> like the technology required to build a VR headset is still arguably in its infancy in terms of getting it to a point where it's ready for mass market and it's cheap enough. It just isn't there yet. It needs to be developed further. And these are arguably the steps to get it there. Um, but when you look at the specs of this thing compared to the competition, and again, the, the overall cost compared to the competition, it's still the cheapest option out there to get yourself into it. And and the hardest thing, a lot, a lot of people, which a lot of sorry, a lot of what people don't like about VR is the low quality of the displays because they, you know, that's arguably yeah. part of the reason why people get nauseous when they play or things like that, among other design reasons within the applications themselves, but. Equally, like the lackluster display quality can throw people off. So the fact that the PSVR 2's got some of the best high-res displays out there throughout the whole VR market is is quite incredible. When you put all that together, it's I don't know if you're getting a bad deal. It's just you need to be prepared to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I, sus- yeah. I suspect when it comes to the margins, they, they will be razor thin at best um maybe even take it a, a small loss i suspect the price point i don't know i would expect it to maybe they're, they're either break breaking even uh on these obviously it's just purely purely speculation but um i think we saw with the uh you mentioned the quest pucks um obviously it wasn't that long ago that met up the pricing on both their models by a hundred dollars a piece to bring them from three and four hundred to four hundred and five hundred i believe and that's a Obviously, a standalone headset, but as as you both kind of touched on, a fairly uh, well uh, specs wise, um, you know, they're, they're not they're not really uh, com- comparable. Um, now, look, obviously, you you we've spoken about your new forty ninety uh, rig uh, a fair bit over 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 the past couple of weeks, um, and uh, when Phil Spencer has been talking about VR, he's he's often said, "Look, we think that is very much." something for the for the pc space um now obviously with, with you having um hardware that will be able to support i guess really high level vr why would it be psvr 2 that you would go for over maybe something in in the pc space is there a particular reason there um i i think it's a mixture of things i think um i'm more confident i guess with psvr 2 that it will have you know, a lot more dedicated high-end VR game. Obviously, there's a lot of good PC VR stuff, but, you know, when you think about, like, what's really pushing boundaries on PC VR and what's, like, you know, what are the big experiences, AAA experience, um, 
it's pretty much something like Half-Life Alex. You know, that's kind of the the biggest litmus test, I guess, of that space. So um I, I'm a bit I'm just a bit more confident buying PSVR two because I know that or I'm reasonably confident that Sony will support it till the end of the gen and that you will have some good stuff on it. And obviously I, I would hope something like Alex would, would come over to it. So um I think that's probably the main reason why. Obviously I've looked at getting the index before the valve index um but i just decided against it because i was only really going to buy it for half-life alex you know that that was the point and if you're spending 900 a thousand pounds on a you know a bit of hardware um to play one game i think you're you're doing it wrong you know what i mean yeah (laughs) um so i was like well actually I, i knew at the time psvr2 was coming and i just had a a feeling that they would that would be something they'd look to bring over so you know if they brought that over then there's for me there's no real reason for me to get any pc vr stuff and i'd be more than happy to to buy really good value for money you know in terms of the the psvr2 headset by comparison to to a lot of the the uh the pc space um headset so that's probably the main reason yeah, and I think Pugs touched on it as well, talking about kind of like the, the different technologies that they can use from a tracking perspective. And the P- PSVR 2 uses uh, the inside-out tracking. I believe the original um, PSVR uses the, I can't remember what they'll call the the cameras, I believe. Yeah, just like the PlayStation camera, I think yeah. it's called, yeah. And does the Index use cameras as well? Or does that have inside-out tracking? I, I believe it uses cameras, doesn't it? You can set yeah, it like Yeah, I think it uses cameras yeah or uh, it might actually in fact no i it might have because you get the different stations with it so i think it might have inside out tracking in respect to that so right the index is the latest one isn't it it's not the one that's like 1200 quid <laughs> or something yeah it? yeah well yeah, yeah yeah i think it's a valve index it's a valve index yeah well you've obviously yeah. got the meta quest roll i believe that was just announced fairly recently that's a 1500 dollar headset by itself that's just the headset now obviously it is a standalone device um and it does have some pretty impressive tech in, in that as well in terms of like it, it's got so many cameras each of the controllers has its own cpu um and, and and things like that but i guess that just goes to show that these things aren't cheap you know they're, they're not cheap to develop and and at this moment in time they, they are for uh, an enthusiast market who are willing maybe to to pay a, a, a little bit a little bit extra for it um what do you think and this goes to both of you um feel free just to, to to chip in what do you think the end game is for playstation vr with with sony or, or vr in general do, do you guys see it being something that becomes more mainstream is it something where maybe in a decade's time are we all going to be sitting there with vr headsets on our head and working uh, as well as as well as gaming or do you think it's going to be something that's going to continue being this more enthusiast niche product uh, or will we get to a place where they can sell more units so they can bring the price down and then sell more units because they've managed at a, a cheaper price point what what do you see the sort of i guess medium to longer term future of, of vr and where do you see psvr sitting with, with within that future you want to go first luke or yeah i mean it's, it's a difficult question isn't it because i guess that's what um you know a lot of executives and a lot of companies are asking themselves like where does this you know vr as a future where is it going um i think in our lifetimes 
I just think it will coexist alongside, you know, different different options for interacting with entertainment, whether that's games or, or whatever else, right? Um, and I think maybe the end game, many moons from now, uh, many many moons from now, is to have is is to have you know um, VR be so advanced that. Uh, it becomes the way you interact with games just as standard, right? That's the yeah. default. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, not in our lifetime, I don't think. And I think the for Sony, I just think I think Sony like I think I think they're into it for a few reasons. I think one, they like to be seen at the forefront of kind of developing, you know, things in the gaming space. Um, they haven't really done that in terms of in you know true innovation for a long, you know, for quite a while, really, probably since the, you know, first few PlayStation consoles. Not, not to say that the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 weren't great consoles. They obviously were uh, and are, but they, you, you know, they're, they're kind of the, the status quo in much the same way as, you know, the Series X and the 360 yeah. were, you know, evolutions of, of really innovative original hardware. Um, but I, I think they want to be seen as kind of leading that charge for the future. So I think that's one thing. And I think another is that they... They probably do make a bit of money from this, I guess. You know, it's another it's another source of hardware, which obviously, as you said initially, they'll probably lose money on. Uh, but over time, they will turn money on that and they will probably turn profit just from selling a, a single game with it. I imagine if, for example, you buy the Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle, which I think is £580 in the UK, which really is the bundle you need to buy yeah. you know, to get a game <laughs> with it, uh, to be able to play something on it. Um, I think uh, I think they probably they will probably turn a small profit just on that one. Um, so um, you know, I I just think they they I just think they're big fans of it as a technology. I mean, it seems yeah. like that because you know you wouldn't have expect I, I not wouldn't necessarily have expected them to go all out on hardware and kind of um, development of a new headset after PSVR, which wasn't a failure, but it. You know, it's not as if it was this like rip roaring success yeah. that fundamentally changed um, the VR space or anything like that. It was just an additive console experience, and I think for Sony, that's probably one of the big things that they're uh, looking at, which is to say that none, you know, no other console manufacturer they have no competition in this space because yeah. Xbox aren't interested at the moment, Nintendo certainly aren't. So they can they can kind of get that, and it's only a small audience, but it's an audience nonetheless. That kind of small base of consumers that are actually really interested in VR gaming, but they don't want to go through the hassle of doing it on PC. So, you know, where do they go? Well, the only place they can go, they want that PlayStation at the moment. So I think I think kind of multifaceted, but those are probably some of the reasons they're looking at it and and what they're looking to drive. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Pox, I'll, I'll come back to, to you in a set, mate, because I actually I, I don't want to get your thoughts just on, on VR in general. But you raise an interesting point, Luke, just about, um, uh, I guess, Sony's motivations somewhat. And obviously, it, it will be financially motivated. They're a, biz, they're a business after all. Um, I, I've, ahead, of the, uh, ahead of the show, I was doing some research on uh, the original PSVR. Look at right, how many units did it sell? What was the attach rate? Th- things like that. And I think um, the the figure that I found, and this may be a little out of date. I, I'm not too sure. Sony have reported a, a more uh, recent figure since, but I think I saw something about 4.2 million 
headsets um, be, being sold. Um, that article is uh, fairly old, so they might have so, um, sold a few few more since. Um, let's say just uh, maybe round up to to five to five million. And that was against what? How many PS4s did they end up selling? About one hundred and twenty million, I think, in in the end. Um, so relatively. Uh, law attached to it, but obviously I think that's to be expected. It's a niche product. It was expensive. I think it, it. We kind of touched on it. It wasn't particularly groundbreaking as a headset either, and that's obviously one of the differences between PSVR two. Is it, it? It's much more advanced. Um, but when it comes to the financials, this look when you've got a, a much smaller, um, I guess user base, um, and you're you're trying to turn a profit on these games, is is that going to be much more difficult? Because you've got maybe a game that needs to sell to a, a significant portion of that user base in order to, to I imagine, turn a profit um, compared to a game that maybe just releases on PS5, which has a much larger user base to, to sell into. Um, or, or would we expect the attach rates of, of these games, like Call of the Mountain, for uh, for example, yeah. we expect that to be fairly high comparably yeah. to, to most games? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the the answer uh you would expect that you know your your big ps vr titles the attach rate is going to be really high on those because they're the kind of reason you buy the hardware whereas obviously if you buy a console um the reason you buy that is for well there are many different reasons you know so you know it's not necessarily some big um first party thing that drives your adoption of the console or in fact that you that you buy on it, you know, um, especially if you're ca- casual gamers. So um, I think just the economics are a little different on the VR side yeah. of, you know, where they expect consumers to to kind of buy in at and what they expect to buy. You know, if, you, if you're buying it, you're pretty enthusiast anyway. And the ergo, you are likely to, very likely to buy the kind of things that really show off the hardware rather yeah. than, you know, the Star Wars Galaxy game, for example, you know, you would think that the people, would, especially at launch, because it's not a great deal that they've announced, yeah. and the biggest thing by far is is a Horizon game. So, um, yeah, I think they will do quite well out of that, but long term, don't know. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. So, Puck, sorry, I did did want to come 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 to you with sort of my my That's original right. question, which was kind of more around VR in general and kind of where we see it going. Do we expect it to continue to be this sort of smaller niche market, or do we expect it to become more mainstream? And do you know do do we expect it to be sort of work as well as games going to be on a, on a headset like Meta would like us to to have? Where where do you stand on that, Matt? No, I think VR specifically, in my view, is going to be is forever going to be like this small niche where it's it's just for entertainment and for fun experiences. I think in terms of the global outreach, I think that that lives in AR or augmented reality. Mm. Uh, and I appreciate the Quest Pro is kind of trying to be that, but it's still kind of setting itself as a virtual reality thing. When I personally think that the long term future of everyone's productivity and lives is probably going to fall in like AR glasses or that kind of thing, which is, I know it's kind of been tried before. It gets one of those things where phones have become more powerful, augmented reality experiences through that are, are becoming more and more of a thing. You see it at a lot of kind of experience shows or, you know, events or that kind of thing. And this it's the kind of tech that we you still kind of see tooted around on the internet. And, uh, and I've got a bit of a background into what 
those kind of areas as well, what's going on. And that definitely seems to be the future. Like VR is, I mean, don't get me wrong, it has some product, productivity uses. Like if you're designing massive boats, for example, I know it's usually in those kind of environments when you can kind of virtually see and walk around all the pipe work and all the designs and how they kind of, and how that runs. And I, you know, there's uses there outside of gaming. But I think in terms of the mass market, long, long term, I personally believe that lives in AR and virtual reality as, you know, like like the PlayStation VR 2 and Quest, those kind of things, I personally think they will just live on as as, as fun toys, effectively, um, that they will just live in the gaming space and just run parallel with your standard gaming experience. That's kind of roughly where I see it going. Yeah. Do, do you think um, if they can, if Sony were able to get to a fully wireless solution, do you think that would move the, the needle e- either way for, for PSVR? Yes, is the short answer. Because I think um, like people liked Quest when that first came out. Or, you know, for those people that could afford it and were into it and had the, the PCs to run it anyway, um, people loved the Quest. Um, but the biggest gripe that everyone had was the fact that you're tethered to a box in the corner of your room or something, you know, and you have to have a very specific setup to have a clean experience or you're very happy to live with like long cables kind of wrapped around your head and down the back of your neck and that kind of stuff. Um, and I think the lower price point of the Quest 2 and having this all-in-one wireless experience has got a lot more people buying it. A lot of people love it because of the fact that you haven't got to worry about tripping over anything, apart from the funny videos you see of people jumping into their TVs and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but that aside, um, I do think wireless is it is going to be the future of VR. And I think if, if PlayStation are able to, again, once the tech is more there, once they're able to get to a point when they can stream when they can stream that content from a local machine to a headset and have minimal latency to the point it's almost seamless. Um, I think a lot of more people will buy into it. And again, initially, like anything like that, it may well be more expensive. Not necessarily yeah. that the tech is more expensive, but it's more they can charge more for it because it becomes a selling point, right? Yeah. The tech, the underlying wireless tech, will be no more different than what it is now it's just the fact it's just cracking that speed it's all software based stuff at the end of the day Uh, obviously it's hardware speed as well but hardware speeds you know you're limited by physics right so there's only so fast you can go the trick is to get the software to 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 be correct basically to to enable that high speed transfer and again you need hardware to support it but the software has to work for it as well yeah and again it's just one of those things that either it's not quite there yet and or it's just not being cracked yet you know cracked in a way that it's just not ready for that mass market but yeah if playstation can pull it off it will be again it'll be your cheapest experience and it'll be the more the more fun one to play because then you can you know the, the quest 2 has the as a big advantage of having some experiences where you can like you know you draw out your play space and assuming you have a big enough room there are some experiences where you can physically walk around in that dome that you have you know one you've set up and it's and it is a really good immersive experience when you can you know the fact that i can physically walk around in my living room and touch on things on you know in a game or something is incredible whereas not to say you can't do that tethered but again there's that dare i say health and safety risk i imagine sony will be very cautious of (laughs) (laughs) from people falling over and suing the hell out of them so yeah i think a wireless wireless solution would is definitely their answer going forward it's just it's just getting them there. And I think once they are there, I think a lot more people would be uh, more willing to give it a go. Yeah. On, on on that point, Luke, do you think we'll see PSVR 3 before this generation's out? Or do you think this will kind of see them through all the way to, to whatever the, the next hardware happens happens to be? 
Yeah, I think I think they see it as like a fixed back thing for a generation. I don't think they will introduce anything, uh, anything more, you know, uh, after this until PS6, you know, and that will depend on the success of PSVR 2 as to whether they continue to go down this path. But, you know, as as um, as we kind of touched on earlier, even PSVR, the original, you know, didn't seem to be like an overarching, like a huge success, but they still went ahead and, and wanted to go for this. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe uh, PSVR 2 just has to do kind of similar numbers and, you know, um, it will be as, you know, a success enough that they'll do new hardware, you know, then do it again. Uh, but I guess we'll see, right? I think I have a feeling, uh, even even given the price, I think that, this one will do better in terms of sales in the first iteration. And I think part of that will be driven by the fact that Sony seemed to be kind of going more in, in terms of software development, Yeah. Um, you know, uh, particularly, if, you know, Gorilla making a, a, a VR game is a pretty big deal, you know? Um, and so I think if they can keep doing that, um, then people will be more naturally drawn to it. Just, I guess the unfortunate thing for Sony is that they're launching at a time of, you know, where people, yeah, you know, don't, don't necessarily have loads of money to buy games, let alone a new, you know, headset. So. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you use that as an example, uh, Luke, because I've heard people discuss the gaming industry almost being kind of, uh, I know we're kind of going into one rather than being in the middle of one or coming out of it, but essentially recession proof. And I think the this generation has kind of almost proved that when we've gone through fairly difficult economic times throughout the past couple of years, throughout the pandemic where unemployment was high. Um, I know people were maybe saving money by staying in, but a lot of people unfortunately were either furloughed or lost jobs. And yet still, the these consoles just wouldn't stop selling gaming um, revenue was uh, is kind of a, at an all time high. So I mean, I, I think you'll probably agree, but I imagine this will probably sell out day one. I can't imagine pre orders probably go up and they'll probably blow through whatever in- inventory they've they've got um, uh, set out for for launch. And I imagine it might be pretty difficult to 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 get a hold of it even at that price point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it will. I mean, you know, you just have to look at something like a forty ninety, right? Just sold yeah, out. Yeah. You know, that's a sixteen hundred pound yeah. graphics card. It's but it's bonkers. That sold out within a couple of hours. Every retailer site you could go to, it was gone. Yeah. And then I think it came out the other day that uh, I don't know if it was Nvidia alone or um, kind of the total um, third party, you know, uh, hardware manufacturers, but something like a hundred over a hundred, well over a hundred thousand forty nineties were sold in the last couple of weeks. So the, you know, the enthusiast market will always like find a way to yeah. buy this stuff. Like, and I, I, again, it was something you can go on like, um, the overclockers forum. Right. And I was on the 4090 friend and there were people like, ah, oh, you know, I can't really afford this, but I'm going to get one because they, they're just huge enthusiasts, you know, like they yeah. just really want to go for it. Like they need to be kind of the, the forefront, the precipice of, of like whatever's happening in that space. So I think, you know, PSVR VR two will be the same. It, yeah. it will probably sell out pretty quickly unless it's in a, a huge initial allocation, which I doubt there will be. Um, so, you know, um, 
people find a way like even if the world is on fire economically people will find a way to buy you know enthusiast things if they are enthusiasts so um that's why if you want to get one i think you have to get your pre-order in probably yeah. day one because like you might not be able to otherwise yeah i think um uh, bmg earlier said that uh pre-orders go up on november 15th so is your yep. pre-order going to be in straight away then uh luke I'm going to try. Yeah, I will try and try and do it. Um, Just ask the missus to do it. She, she's got the magic touch, Yeah, seems, she's got the so. magic touch. Yeah, Laura, Laura's got the magic. That's not an innuendo. Well, she's very <laughs> in, <laughs> Indy's not here. We're all, we're all right. It's a safe space. Yeah. In, safe Indy's space. in the chat, not not, uh, not uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, no, she, she, will, um, she will probably assist in that process. Yeah, and and Pox, I know obviously you're you're still um, waiting to to pick up a, a PS a PS five, but is this going to be something that you're going to look to jump into fairly quickly after you get your PS five, or is it something you're you're going to hold off on? Do you think? Well, it's all money at the end of the day. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the crippling factor. Unfortunately, I'd love to say that. Yeah, as soon as I can, I'd love to be able to jump on one. But the reality, unfortunately, is that I'd probably have to wait a bit longer after at some point procuring a PS5 when I then jumble to the VR headset. But I am hoping in the short in the nearer term that Flat picks one up and I'll go on his <laughs> yep. and play that one. <laughs> yeah, I was That's that... my hope. I, I don't know if he's I I know he said he was interested. I don't know whether or not he's changed his mind. I've not spoken to him for a couple, you know, for a little bit, but Well to I'm be fair <laughs> I've never I've not heard anyone speak more highly of VR than Flap. I remember when he was telling us about Half-Life Alex. Yeah. he was in love with that. And then uh, was it also Skyrim he played in VR? And he gushed yes, he did, all yeah. over, over that as well. So there's, there's no there's no um, bigger bigger fan of VR that I know than, than, than Flap, to be honest. So I suspect if anyone's going to pick it up, Pucks, it's probably going to be him. So you'll probably have a chance to yeah. tootle on over there and, uh, and, so. and maybe have so. a go. Oh. Actually, I got some questions for Luke actually because I know, like, this is regarding the, the the games now, I guess, because uh, there's actually been earlier this week, about three days ago, there were a good number of games. I, think, I don't know if it was a showcase or not, but like various websites out of nowhere were just being enamoured with with PSVR two news and all these different games were which were um, uh, confirmed for like you know launch titles. Um, you know, again, among those being Horizon, Call of the Mountain. There's Resident Evil Four, the VR version, Resident Evil Village. Uh, there's a Star Wars game coming out and things like that. So, uh, like Luke, again, if you're no doubt you're going to be going to be picking one up at some point. Is there any particular game that you're looking forward to that you want to try, like day one? Do you want that horror experience of Village in VR or uh, yeah. Horizon? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'll I think I'll go for both. Uh, as in, like Horizon is is like the must buy. I think if yes, you're getting it yeah. day one, like you know easily there's even a bundle isn't there with that game yeah. only right with, yeah. with that game yeah uh so that's that's that um i i will definitely play village um i don't know if you can get like an upgrade if you've already got the game uh, i don't even know if they've talked about that but um, oh, yeah, apparently apparently there are some games which have been confirmed to have free upgrades but again I don't, it doesn't necessarily say which ones though so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so village village for sure i will try um because i think that's uh that would be really cool to experience so cool and terrifying uh probably somewhat arousing at points when lady <laughs> dimitrescu comes on screen as well 
So are we sure Indy's like, not on the show tonight? Yeah, or something? <laughs> possessed by the spirit of UK yeah. Dazzles, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that will be that will be a really cool um, experience. Um, but it would be, like I'm always a bit reticent with that because I imagine in some points, like having played the game start to finish and thinking about like certain aspects of the game in VR. Like, it would be genuinely really quite terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. I was going to say, part um, of me was say that if you've played the game already, then you kind of know what's coming. But yeah, but you don't. Other games, yeah, and then you jump on the VR, and it's like, actually, you'll become really wary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you do know what's coming, but actually, yeah. you don't, because you only know what's coming from the perspective of you sat on your sofa in your pants on your TV. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's coming, like, when it's literally feels like you're in the experience. So I'm kind of like, oh, you know, that would be really cool. And I know, like, this bit's coming up, but I imagine it would be really unnerving at points. I mean, people who play the game as well, when you get to, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's this certain, like... The doll's house bit. Yes, that bit, right? You know... In that particular bit, like that, that was scary enough, like just on, on a TV. I can't imagine what that's like in, in VR. So yeah, be fun though. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I've not played Village, but I remember some of the earlier parts in particular of um, Resident Evil 7. Uh, I can imagine yeah. some of them being utterly terrifying in, yeah, in, yeah. in VR. I've not actually tried it too much myself. I've played a little bit of VR, but honestly, it makes me feel sick within about 10 minutes of putting the headset on. So it's probably not something I'm ever really going to play, unfortunately. But I know, um, Pugs, you mentioned that obviously the, the displays is something that can trigger the um, uh, the motion sickness. Uh, so maybe PSVR might uh, two might be something that maybe helps that. It'll be good to hear from some people who maybe suffered from VR sickness when uh, on other devices, how they maybe find P- PSVR too. So, yeah, regarding that, actually, I think one of the things I would be interested to hear about, you know, again, once, once reviews and stuff come out, because um, again, with like, with like a Quest uh, 2, for example, you know, it's just like a concave um, magnifying glass effectively, which helps, you know, capture like a wider angle of your vision in within the image. But, uh, the PSVR 2 has eye tracking as well, so it actually focuses your, like, what well, it's yeah. apparently meant to focus on the specific areas. Because, like, again, on the Quest 2, if you're, like, looking straight ahead, but then you kind of look at the, like, corners, you can see it's blurry about physically turning your head. Yeah. You have to, you know, you have to turn to have it clear. Whereas it'd be quite nice to, to see how the reviews come out, to be able to just look one way and then just kind of move your eyes around and have it still be clear in those parts, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got Pox is now Luke. Luke is now is now Pox. <laughs> it's re- it's reordering us both because of uh, because of the video. Um, I'll sort I'll sort that out a bit a bit later. Um, uh, or if Luke puts his video back on in a moment, it should hopefully hopefully fi- fix itself. So um, wonderful. I think that should cover everything for, for PSVR to for now obviously it's coming out uh february 22nd pre-orders go live november 15th um i'm sure we'll be chatting about it a little bit next next year once once it comes out and it'll be interesting to see some of the previews and reviews that come out ahead of it although uh, i do believe a number of media outlets got some hands-on time with it fairly recently i remember um watching kind of funnies um previews of it and they seemed pretty um pretty high on it from from what i recall so yeah. Um, anything else on PSVR two, gents? Before before we move on, 
No. It recovered personally. I think. Get saving. Yeah, get. Yeah. If you want it, if you want it. Get get saving in in indeed. Open your yeah. OnlyFans accounts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask yeah. I'll ask Indy if he can throws throws a bone from from his uh, OnlyFans savings. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, before we move on to the next up, I just want to say um, uh, thanks for a few people who are joining the chat. We've got um, it's 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 a little bit saucy. And there at the moment, shall we say, I've just seen BMGs asking for people to step on him and things like that. I don't, I've not read all of the chat. That's that's all that I've got in there. Oh. But yeah, we do. So he's talking about Lady Demetresque. Naughty BMG, naughty BMG. So <laughs> yeah, but we do have BMG in there. We have, we've got the uh, we've got the indie gamer has joined us as well. Uh, Stubbs Gaming uh, is in there as well. I believe who else did we have in a little bit earlier? Tuku and Gula was was in the Owl Chronicles is in there as well. Thank you all very much for joining. Um, I guess I'll take this opportunity to ask people to to like, share, and subscribe. All all that good stuff if if they don't mind. Um, <laughs> Indy's just said that his OnlyFans is pure filth, apparently. So if you're in, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, then you know you know where to go. So, but moving on very quickly, um, got a wall reviews, gents. Um, obviously, we spoke about it uh, briefly at the beginning. Ragnarok comes out on Wednesday, uh, November 9th. Our reviews dropped just this. Was it Friday or Thursday that they they came out? Was uh, one one of the two? Just just this past past few days, and it's fair to say that. It's being absolutely adored unless you're IGN Korea, in which case it was a bit <laughs> bit meh. But everyone else um, seems to absolutely bloody love the game, which I don't think is too surprising, um, but it has received pretty ridiculously high, high praise. Now, I know both of you guys are excited for it, so how have these reviews um, got, got you feeling? Is it just... Uh, increase the hype for the game or have you guys read any of them or have you just kind of looked at the scores where, where, where you're at with those I'm not yeah. surprised personally no. <laughs> no, you can go first sorry. no 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 you can go first folks. I'm um, so not avoiding spoilers all that kind of stuff I said earlier but even so I'm just seeing like headlines and stuff of people saying that the game's fantastic it's incredible it's um, a good add-on to what to the first game effectively um uh, it doesn't look like it's uh like it doesn't blo- well where do I start? So I did read a while uh, a couple of days ago, I think, early in the week, that I believe Santa Monica confirmed that he's Santa Monica, isn't it? Yeah. He is, yeah. Yeah. I was going for, yeah, I was going weird for a second. Uh, yeah, they confirmed that this game is actually built for PS4, apparently, and then it's just been upscaled and upraised, blah 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 for PS5. So I think when that was revealed a you know, again, a couple of days ago, a lot of people were a bit skeptical. Was, oh, right, okay, how good is it going to look? When, but it looks good anyway. So playing it, yeah. if it's a PS4 game, it looks incredible, and you know you're going to be playing on a PS5. But you're also going to get the extra, you know, the big texture packs and things like that bolted on, and it's going to look fantastic and incredible. And people have been saying that even off the at, even out of the gates, apparently it's just insane. Apparently, I've done, again, yeah. I don't know what it is, but apparently the opening sequence in this one tops the beginning of the first game. Um, and stuff like that, and it throws you straight into the action, apparently. And as I wouldn't ex- wouldn't expect much else, if I'm perfectly honest. But um, yeah, that career one that you mentioned, though, uh, Scott, that was a that was bizarre. But then again, you know, I can appreciate <laughs> that a lot of the well, I don't know. I, I don't. To be fair, I have no idea how how big the game was in the uh, Asian markets, but I can understand if this type of game wasn't that appealing for certain Eastern audiences, but. Yeah, I don't know. But no, it has got me more 
Has it got me more hyped? I don't know if it's got me more hyped for it. If anything, it just confirmed my my anticipations that it is yeah. going to be a great game. And it hasn't been anything. There's nothing that's come out that said that. Oh, it's really good, except for this really big bit in the middle that is just absolute shite. So I think you know, there's no, nothing like that's been said. I think the only things I have seen which are that have been very minor negative points are to do with some sort of new gear system that's in the game, and a number of reviews that I have kind of just kind of scanned have said that that it's quite consistent that that particular feature feels like it's been bolted on or something. Uh, but from again, how I understand it, I don't believe it's much different from what was in the first game, in that you're kind of playing a bit of a numbers game with certain equipment and stuff like that. Um, but again, Luke, I might be wrong. You might have read more about it than I have. But yeah, I saw some stuff. On, I, I saw um, so, so. I mean, I haven't. Um, I've tried to avoid reading reviews entirely for it, and I haven't read any. Um, I've seen, you know, blurbs, uh, conclusions of reviews and paragraphs, etc. Um, I saw some comments on the gear system, but they were all positive, the ones I saw. So I don't know if some people don't like that. And I think the reason people did like it was because it was just better than the first one. Um, because the gear system in the first one was like, okay. But but again, I guess stuff like that is going to kind of vary from person to person anyway. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of my thoughts on it, I I mean, I'm kind of not surprised, and I am surprised in a sense, because I genuinely didn't think it was going to get as good a score as the original, because the original got, you know, on Metacritic, 94, right? Which is just a ridiculously high score. Now, someone has finished it multiple times, like, that's super well-deserved. I mean, I would give it higher. But... um, it was all. It's always pretty difficult, unless like if if that's the base that you're starting from, right? Uh, and then you're making a sequel. You kind of expect that to go down because it's not like you're going from Uncharted, the first one, which scored in the seventies, low eighties. You know, was kind of a good game, but it wasn't incredible. And then going to Uncharted Two, which is like one of the best action adventure games ever made, and that had nowhere else to go but up anyway. So I, I was always kind of like, you know, are they going to hit the same critical reception, noting that, you know, this is a, an evolution of the first game. It won't have the same impact that the first game had in terms of the way that it fundamentally changed the God of War formula. Um, so I was quite surprised by the score, you know, and by people generally, you know, from what I've seen, saying that it's better than the first one. Um which is which right. <laughs> yeah which is saying something because the first one is like genuinely i think one of the best games ever made um and you know people might dis- some people disagree with that but i you know it's certainly one of the best action adventure games ever made um so yeah it was surprising that it it scored it scored as well as it did you know and um I'm just it just got my hype up more, I guess, to play it. And as as Puck said, you know, I've read things not in spoilery, but about you know how bombastic it is, even in the first hour. You know how it really goes for it, how that kind of pacing is sustained all throughout the playtime. And um, there's been comments on the quality of side quests in this. You know, I, I think Gene Park said they were better than The Witcher Three, which you know are some of the best side quests have ever ever been in any game. Um. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just can't wait to play it. It's just, uh, it's just 
a shame it's still a couple of days away. But um, <laughs> I think Pokes, your your point was right as well about like because when I went to, back to play God of War the other day on on PS5, you know, and I had you know I've got the you know it's, it runs at sixty on PS5, but resolution is the same as it was on ps4 pro and it's got hdr and that's about it uh it's still one of the better looking games out there you know it's still an amazing looking genuinely amazing looking game um and this one apparently visually is is you know it is an uplift it's not the same sort of uplift from horizon zero dawn to horizon forbidden west right which is you know like if anybody's played that especially on playstation 5 it looks it gen, that genuinely looks like a a proper sequel in terms of visual uplift, but it it's still an amazing looking game now. Um, the original God of War. Uh, so um, I think it will blow people away. And I think I saw the Digital Foundry say fundamentally, they said it's not doing anything like in terms of tech that's like super above and beyond the first game, but it's just so well done. You know, the production value is so high. It's so polished um, and it's kind of more epic in scale that, um, you know, people will be really impressed by it. Uh, so, yeah, I just I just can't wait for it. I mean, I'm just super hyped. Um, it's going to be crazy that this is ending the, the Norse mythology arc. Um, so I just, you know, I'm kind of bamboozled by how it's going to end. But the thing I was, I was also I was worried about... say that then again, like, how yeah. is it going to end? It's obviously How's it going to end? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? And and the thing that I noticed, again, just from the summaries that I read, was that everybody was like, the ending's great. And I was like, that was the bit that was worrying me, because how do you end, like, how do you end the story that started in, in one, right? Like, where do you go? How do you wrap that up? So it was always going to, I thought that was always going to be the really, like the thing that would divide. Because like, look at The Last of Us 2, right? You know, like, to me, that's an incredible story. But the direction that that goes, it's, it's very brave, but it's it's a direction that people, you know, some people would just don't like, right? They just they just fundamentally don't like it for whatever reason. Um, whereas, whereas this, you know, it, the the claim has been for the ending and the story has been universal. So... Um, apart from IGN career, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure when Survivor's <laughs> review comes out, they'll have a similar opinion as well. Um, so there's always one. Doesn't matter what game it is, there's always one. Um, so yeah, I, I just really can't wait to play it. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I, I also have remained spoiler free, which is pretty considering I was spoiled on most of the things on Last of Us Part Two, or like certainly one specific thing. Uh, which didn't ruin the experience in the end, but you know it's it's shit when yeah. you really love love a story and then you're looking forward to where it goes and someone spoils it. So so far, spoiler free. But I, then again, I've had God of War muted on Twitter for two and a half months. So <laughs> like, just no, not clicking on any God of War videos on YouTube. Like, I'm just trying to remain as dark as possible, and I've succeeded so far. Um, but yeah, I only watched the last trailer once when it aired basically so because i was like i need to forget everything i've just seen basically yeah. so um yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh, and i'm i'm really I, like sony santa monica pretty much i think by this game have cemented themselves as one of the best studios in the world you know certainly up there with uh naughty dog you know playground coalition those types of studios the one thing i wanted to add to that as well actually is a uh, performance based uh, performance for ps4 
because I just realised that apparently a couple of hours ago, about five o'clock this evening, an article has come out about how it runs on PS4. I mean, I said earlier that, yeah, you know, apparently, according to the studio, the game was made to push the PS4 to the absolute max. But again, large majority of people could be, well, maybe not majority, I guess, depending on how lucky you are, but a large proportion of players will be playing on PS5. So you're going to get all of the the performance perks from that anyway, whether it's, you know, 4K, 60 or whatever else. Um, so again, playing on PS4, I was still excited for it, but a little part of me was wondering, because I remember when they brought out the... Um, um, like the digital kind of picture of, oh, on PS5, you've got these performance options. And then we made fun of the whole Gotham Knights not having this stuff. And this game's got all of it and that kind of jazz. And, I, and you know, I knew PS4 was going to be running at 30 frames and it is at, 10, at 1080p. But I think on that little, again, that kind of picture, it came up of saying that it um it's up to 30. I think it was quite, uh it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't specific in, well, it was yeah. specific, I guess. But Do you have a pro or a normal PS4? Pucks? No, I have a normal base PS4. Yeah. So I so think it said targeted 30, 30 it F- FPS, which yeah. I imagine means mostly locked, but will probably have dips. That's, this is why I bring it up, because this article I'm reading, I'm just kind of scanning right now, is all saying that actually, if you so if you go from PS5 to PS4, then obviously you have the 60 to 30 dips, so... Don't do that because you've got no reason to play <laughs> on the previous day if you own a PS5. But basically, a lot of what I'm seeing already is the game runs absolutely fine at 30 frames. And again, it's one of those things where if you've been playing 60 frame games, jump to this one. You yeah. obviously notice it initially, but again, it's not like it's not like it's ridiculously fast paced, right? So, like at all times. So a lot of people say, you know what, you do get used to it. I personally know I get used to 30 frame games. It's, you know, I'm used to playing that anyway, but. I really feel pos- more positive now that, again, this article is saying that actually it runs brilliant even on a base PS4. So that's, keep- that's got me even that little tiny bit more hyped for it now. So Nice. Well, I'm sure this time next week um, we'll probably be chatting a little bit more about it. It'll be good to get both your thoughts uh, on-, on the game. Obviously, we will uh, keep that conversation as spoiler-free as we possibly can for, for anyone who's maybe at different parts of the game, but I'm sure we'll be getting thoughts from, from both of you next next Sunday after you've had a chance to, to jump in after the first first few days, and it'll be good to, to get everyone's everyone's thoughts. And yeah, I guess we'll have two perspectives, PS4 and ps5 and see how you feel it does it does hold up pucks but i think the fact that um it, it'll look as good as it does on on a ps4 um uh, i'm not too sure if they've released any ps4 footage themselves yet obviously all the trailers that they've released i'm assuming up are, are ps5 based and obviously it looks unbelievable in yeah. those trailers but i think from some of their past games i, I wouldn't have any concerns about the the ps4 version because some of the other games that I release are, are cross-gen still look fantastic on on ps4 so yeah. yeah um one final question for you for you both gents before we move on to to uh, another topic is uh and i know it probably feels a little bit weird asking this question before this game's even released but where do sony santa monica go after ragnarok do they do they release another game in the god of war franchise um starting a new arc almost kind of like what they did with with 2018 do you think santa monica maybe try dipping the toes in in, in a new um, ip i think the other question if, if you're talking about if there would be a new god of war i think or you know where does it go i think the question would be who else would you give it to if not santa monica <laughs> yeah. yeah because they've proven I- themselves to be like 
I don't know. Like they've just they've just done such a great job with this. Like the engineering and the art direction, the story, all of these different game developments have come together, and they've put together this. I don't want to say completely perfect. You know, this almost perfect gaming package of what everyone's been looking forward to. Um, to the point, you know, are there are there many other studios out there which have as good a reputation outside? You know, I know you said Naughty Dog. They are going to be one of them, but again. They're unlikely to take God of War, in my opinion, at any point soon. I yeah, wrong, of course, I mean, I, sh- I should probably say yeah. I would. I wasn't expecting anybody else maybe to take over the franchise, but maybe did they take a break from God of War in the same way that Naughty Dog have kind of alternated in the past between sort of Last of Us and, and Uncharted and, and and things like that? And did they try something new, or did they try to do something um, new within the God of War God of War franchise? Yeah, yeah, I I think. Um whatever they're doing next is not God of War. Um, because I think if you, if you look at like, th- there's evidence to suggest that whatever they're doing next is not God of War, which is kind of, well, there's multiple parts. One is that after God of War, you know, released Corey Barlog explicitly came out and said that the thing he'd like to do next is something new. Like he wouldn't, he doesn't want to do, uh, he didn't want to do a God of War game. And he hasn't done a God of War game because he didn't direct this one. It was yeah. Eric Williams, uh, which is a, a long standing tradition of Sony Santa Monica for God of War games. You know, they, they let someone else direct the next one. David Jaffe did number one, and then it was Corey for two, and then Stig Asmussen, who was the director for three, who's now at um, Respawn doing the Star Wars Jedi games. So, um, you know, Eric Williams did this one and Corey mentioned months ago when they were kind of just first talking, well, not first talking about it, but talking about this more significantly, you know, he was, he was saying that I'm working on something, but we're not ready to talk about what that is, you know, um, at the minute. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that they they've wrapped up or they will be wrapping up this arc um, the Norse mythology element in this game, uh, along with Corey's words, suggests that whatever they're doing next is something different, new IP probably. Uh, and I think they will go back to God of War, but in the same way that Naughty Dog will invariably go back to Uncharted, right? But they're not doing it right now. Um, so they'll give it a break. Um, I think if if they would have said you know, continue to commit to uh, this 2018 God of War being a trilogy, which initially they set out, they they thought it was going to be, then I think we'd probably be having a different conversation because I think the next game would be just the third God of War, yeah. right, in this in this tril- in that trilogy. But because they've wrapped it up here, you know, it suggests that they're ready, you know, they felt they could deliver, you know, a satisfying conclusion in a single game and then move on to something else. So um, that's what I think they'll do next. And to be honest, I think they've deserved they deserve that. Like Corey, kind of really deserves to to make something that's you know because God of War isn't isn't his right. It's, I mean, it was, it was Jaffe's game. Yeah. You know, Jaffe made made that series. Um, he just made two amazing <laughs> iterations of it, Corey Barlog. So I think you know he he kind of deserves to do something new. And God, like that's really exciting. You know, like I love God of War, and I mean I can't wait for Ragnarok, but nothing gets me more excited in a gaming sense of like studio big studios making new ips because i think that's where you get like the most unexpected stuff and you get this amazing you know 
um, these amazing reveals. Um, so I think whatever they're doing is is that, um, and they they probably have had that kind of whatever that is in pre-production for a while. And now that Ragnarok's out, I imagine the whole studio will probably go onto it. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that's probably the way the wind's traveling. Yeah. Got a couple of comments in, in the chat from, from Stubbs here who says that um, the uh, Sony Santa Monica are working on another game and have been for a couple of years, he believes. Uh, and then you also mentioned that Alana Pierce, uh, formerly of um, yeah. IGN, um, uh, she moved over to Sony Santa Monica as a writer. So she said that she isn't working on God of War. It's a completely different game. That's kind of all all, all she's said. And obviously, as you've, you mentioned previous comments from, from Corey Barlock, um, sort of back back that mm-hmm. up as well um it, it is it is interesting and there is something unbelievably exciting uh, i think about that look because when you've got a team with the pedigree of sunny yeah. santa monica coming out with something new it's so unbelievably easy to be excited or hyped for that even with mm-hmm. only a shred of information about yeah. that that project it's like uh, in the same way that regardless of what kojima was going to do after he left konami people were going to be excited yeah. because he he's got that yeah. he's got that pedigree that i don't think an awful lot of people or studios have um i, no. I think uh Corey's certainly sort of in that upper echelon of of game directors in in a way. So um, obviously, like I say, it seems it seems a bit weird talking about what's next when this one hasn't even come out yet. Um, but it, but it is uh, interesting to see where where that goes. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll revisit this in about three or four years time. Yeah, if, uh, we'll finally still, hear what yeah. whatever they're doing. Exactly. New God of War. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just be completely wrong. They were doing a new God of War all along. Yeah, um, they were remaking so, Ascension, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, oh god, all, all yeah, the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were trying to redo uh, the worst one they've made. Uh, yeah. Ascension wasn't that bad, actually. It was quite. Yeah, but I, I think maybe that's part of. Uh, and I was watching a Jeff Grubb video earlier on today, and he was talking about um, sort of them taking this two-game approach to mm. some of their titles, kind of at Sony in general. And he was talking about how. So when you get beyond that third game, you've got, oh, the, the bots are here, I've just noticed. Uh, you kind of get to the point of uh, diminishing returns. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where, where, where they go. And like I say, next week, I'm sure we'll be chatting about everyone's thoughts on God of War Ragnarok. Um, I was going to say, maybe I would ask one of you guys to, to collect some footage, but um, based on how the first game starts... I've played that yeah. at least, and it's a pretty epic start. If the second game starts with something even better, I doubt we'd even want to spoil that as well. So um, maybe I'll ca- maybe I'll capture some footage of the original game um, to to go over with uh, That's a good idea. Uh, with with the, yeah. with the conversation. Yeah. Then maybe we'll get some Ragnarok footage for for a future show when when people uh, have have had a chance to to jump in. So lovely. Um, anything else that you guys want to say on on Ragnarok before before we move on? I think the only other thing I wanted to add regarding the what you said about what the next game might be, um, and that it's not God of War. I think oh, I think that is a good thing as well because you do hear a lot of story a, a lot of, in um, a lot of like game dev journals and things like that. You do hear so many stories of you know the, the the engineers and the staff working on these things do themselves just get burnt out working on the same title like year after year. Um, so I think it is just good that they're working on something different just from the just for the freshness and you know, the fresh perspective of something different and new to work on. Right. And it just, it just makes you, I think it just makes everyone just feel better. It almost refreshes your, your um, enthusiasm, I guess, that you're working on something new and different and exciting rather than, yeah. again, I know people, you know, us as consumers love it, but I imagine if you're looking at this thing day in, day out for years on end, 
it, it must get old <laughs> at some point. You must think, oh, I don't want to keep modifying how the axe works. Or, do you know what I mean? Like You get to those points <laughs> and you think, oh, I'm fed up of tweaking values on how quick the axe should return and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, Pox, to be fair, you're kind of the, the one, if anything, that has... Uh... <laughs> So just the conversation, the chats got me got me tickled. Uh, you're the the one with the. Oh, I guess the, you guys are laughing at. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, so, it's all right. Yeah, um, it, it, you're the one with the <laughs> development background. So I guess you, you can probably probably appreciate where. Although yes, I guess there's probably tedious tasks as there are in any job where you kind of got to just get it done in, in, in a way. But probably as you see this, imagine if you were working on this game from. Um, before the the 2018 sort of reboot, um, if if that's the the best way to describe it, um, and then you saw the franchise kind of dip and then come back in such a way, and then see it sort of turn into what it is now, and with the excitement of this new game, I imagine seeing that even if you were tweaking values on an axe, it's probably pretty exciting to to be to be to be a part of that. But yeah, maybe going in if it was maybe another game, maybe that's where maybe burnout comes in a little bit but obviously there'll be fresh eyes and fresh talent that come in to, to these teams all the time to help you know keep keep the keep the team energized i'm i'm sure so yeah but i imagine that the, the probably is a, a a lot of that um just imagine if you were one of the devs at 343 bucks tweaking values on uh, the cost of things in the shop rather than uh, <laughs> rather than the the value of the acts yeah, yeah. so yeah, could could be worse. Could be worse. So, uh, yeah. So I guess maybe. Um, I mean, we, we've we've got a little little bit of time here, here, Jens. I know we started a little bit a little bit later due to the um, due, due to the technical issues we had at the beginning. But um, I did also want to touch on the uh, Jason Schreier article there that came out uh, out of Bloomberg regarding the um, the Square Enix. Montreal, I guess now, well, now they don't exist, but they were renamed to, um, I can't even remember, we said at the beginning, I can't even remember what it was called, Oname or something, something along those lines, Omino, yeah, something like that. It doesn't matter too much now, unfortunately, uh, the big news was that, that they've been that they've been shut down. I do actually want to touch on that a little bit before we go on to kind of the, the more big xbox sort of uh related news um another piece that came out of that article is the fact that apparently uh, idos montreal are um assisting with the fable development um which comes off the back of crystal dynamics helping out with perfect dark uh and i think we can maybe touch on it um but i think the question has been asked like why didn't microsoft just buy these studios if they're going to be um paying them to to support them anyway but we'll touch on maybe the uh the the uh, unfortunate closure of 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 that studio now they were only recently embraced uh, as as the term has, has come to be so it was a little bit of a surprise, I think, to see that this this studio was was shut down, especially after they'd maybe only been renamed two or three weeks two or three weeks prior. Um, look, I'll ask you maybe for, for for your input on this first. Do you think this was the plan all along from Embracer? Because surely they did their due diligence before the yeah, purchase. They knew what they were working on. Do you think the plan was maybe? Look, Square said, look, if you want them, you've got to buy Montreal as well. And they thought, okay, cool, we'll just shut them down afterwards. Or do you think something has has possibly happened where maybe now that they've got a hold of the studio, they thought, actually, no, this isn't this isn't maybe what, what we wanted? Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Uh, I can't imagine that um, they got to the point where, you know, pre-acquisition where Square were saying, well, basically, unless you take, the, you know, Square Enix Montreal as well, 
uh, you know, there's there's either no deal or you know the terms are going to be different. Um, and the reason I say that is obviously because then they were rebranded post acquisition, yeah. which you just wouldn't proceed with if you didn't have any plans for the studio. So that suggests that they were rebranded, and then in the interim period, um, for whatever reason, Embrace were just like actually this is just a no hoper like you know we don't we've kind of reevaluated the the project they're working on and the cost um it may be embracer just cutting costs generally um you know and that unfortunately they're a you know more expendable element than um edos montreal or or you know some of the other studios uh like crystal dynamics uh so it's a bit it's a bit weird really isn't it um but um yeah it's, it's really unfortunate um i don't know if they said what were happening to the employees there whether they were being reallocated internally or whether they were just out of a job yeah um, I, I, think, I think they said it was going to try to didn't they yeah i think i think that was the plan yeah. to, to to reallocate amongst other studios yeah. but you know they can say that all they want they will inevitably yeah, oh, yeah. have been job job losses as part of that they're not going to really sure. be able to reallocate an entire an entire studio, which is which is uh, obviously a, a bit of a yeah, shame. That many people are going to want to physically relocate just to <laughs> keep themselves in a job, right? Yeah, I mean Montreal is a fairly big hotbed of game development. Yeah, I yeah. believe. Um, so hopefully, you know, anyone that is affected has been able to, you know, um, or, or is able to find uh, new new employment fair, fairly soon. But yeah, you, you're you're right, Pucks. You know, if the jobs aren't available there, you know, it's, you can't just get up and go and move to a different city or even country just on just on on a whim like that. So it really does suck, <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. for for the people that people that that are impacted. Um, I mean, for, for those who aren't aware, Square East Montreal, um, but primarily um, uh, a mobile development studio, I believe they were responsible for the Go franchise um, of games. So you've got Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, um, I think Duzex got a Go game as well. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember exa- exactly which, which ones, um, but I believe they're primarily a, a mobile student. I think what, what came out is that maybe uh, Embracer had kind of made the decision to focus more on console and PC development uh, as opposed to, to mobile development, which is why they, they made the decision to, to, to shut them. But yeah, it is a, it's a, a rather unusual, a little bit of a, a little bit of a shame. Um, as, as we said, hopefully they find employment pretty, pretty soon, but um, this is, I think maybe part, part of the risk of being acquired is maybe if the big corporate giant corporation that takes you over decides that you're expendable or, or no longer required, then off you off your off your trot unfortunately so yeah best luck to to anybody that that's that's impacted um but like i say the kind of the the other big news that came out of that article was uh regarding idos montreal um who was supposedly helping with the development of playgrounds fable reboot which was obviously announced a a number of years ago as i said earlier that's off the back of um crystal dynamics another one of those studios that square sold to to embrace a a system with the with the development of of perfect dark so box you're excited for fable i believe uh am i right in thinking that you're you're a fan oh yeah i'm a i am a fable fan yeah yeah how how does how how does this make you feel then man does does this um does this get you more excited about the game knowing that uh, you know playground who obviously fantastic in the racing racing genre don't have an awful lot of experience in 
uh, I guess, an open world RPG, which we expect Fable to be, um, are getting some assistance from a more established studio like like Eidos Montreal. If I'm honest, it doesn't make me any more or less excited personally because it seems to become a more and more common trend nowadays where especially bigger franchises or ones that have got a bit of a legacy behind them and they want to have this new ambitious game coming out. It seems quite normal now to have multiple big studios now working on these projects. So I mean, it can only be a good thing, definitely, the fact that you've got like another big studio coming in to assist. Um, but no, I wouldn't say I'm any more or less excited for it. If anything, it just all I, all I kind of hear and see in my own head is that there's a lot more resources being thrown at the game now. So hopefully that means that there's either a lot of scope that needs to be covered or just, you know, it could just be little, you know, or it could be something smaller. Maybe it's just a massive team of artists to help create high quality art assets or stuff like that. And I appreciate it's going to be more than that as well. But I'd like, you know, more hands on deck on big projects like these can only ever be a good thing. So if anything, I just worry, I don't worry. I just hope that people's expectations don't then start to grow unrealistically high when they start to see these big names that are also helping out and then when they see when we start seeing the first proper in-game trailers for example that if it's not to people's expectations people then start basically shitting on these studios and going oh they weren't the right people for it or what was going on or whatever else and so i suppose more so i just hope that those kind of things don't happen but i have very minimal doubt that that will happen um i think a lot of us are pretty positive in that yes playground aren't experienced in this type of game but the games that they do make are mechanically complex uh, they require a lot of resource there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to get these things to work so they definitely have the experience to manage a a, a project of high magnitude and complexity um arguably it's just getting someone like ADS Metri or who may have a bit more experience or just have those few even if it's just those few key people whether it's in engineers or artists or whatever else um or you know or just other technical people to get involved it's just Small pieces of expertise can really go a long way. So having those having those specific heads hopefully join the fray and help out will hopefully mean that this game will have will just be better than what we we're hoping it was, it's already going to be. If if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's fair, Pox. And obviously, it's, I guess it's really difficult to to kind of have too much of an opinion on Fable other than kind of your initial excitement at this point, anyway, because we've seen bloody nothing about it unfortunately unfortunately you know it's it's kind of my most anticipated um xbox game but i think after playing guardians um guardians of the galaxy um recently which i thought was genuinely excellent um uh, this this news was kind of a little bit more a little bit more welcome had it not been had it been before guardians of the galaxy um came out then maybe my my sort of thoughts would have been slightly different but um look triple a game development this is normal isn't it because uh, i've seen a lot yeah. of people come out and um uh, and stubs uh, i hope you don't mind me using using a comment this is purely just 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 as an example but i did see other people with with similar sentiment but i think uh stubs mentioned in the um in our discord and a few other people on twitter were like well does this just mean that xbox needs a lot of help with their games are they struggling to to hire um you know, especially off the back of Chris Dynamics helping with with Perfect Dark. Is is this fairly common? Is this, is this normal? Is this something that maybe we should be concerned about? Indie gamers just mentioned in the chat there that maybe multiple teams means potentially more watered down vision um, because it's two completely separate teams working working on the same project. Where where do you where do you stand on that, mate? Uh, I, 
It's a little bit difficult, isn't it? Um, I think that the problem is that, I mean, AAA development is like this in a lot of ways, as in, you know, you have a primary studio that's developing the game, and that might be a very big studio. And then you have, you may have multiple other studios also assisting on development, you know, kind of support studios effectively. Um, the, these ones I do find a little bit weird because it's not as if it's like, you know, let's take the first example of this, which was the initiative where you had the initiative, you know, leading development of the game. And then you had basically a, you know, a triple A studio in its own right in crystal dynamics, uh, also helping develop the game. And, you know, you have the same situation here where you have playground, you know, uh, who have hired massively for this as well because they have a, it's a you know entirely separate team from the Horizon team, uh, you know leading development and now Edos Montreal are also helping and we don't know like I don't know what what that means as in you know is that all of the studio probably not it's probably yeah. just a portion of Edos Montreal staff but it's still it's still a bit the the concept of you know AAA studios in their own right kind of co developing games together or becoming support studios. That's a bit weird, and it's only really happened in recent times with um, Square's studios or now Embracer's studios. So I, I don't think it's necessarily indicative of something wrong with the development of the games themselves, um, but it is a bit weird. You know, it's a bit strange a concept. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like your, your normal, like, uh, I don't know, um, Sabre Interactive are helping with the development of... Halo, yeah. right? Which would be something we we just expect, but then Saber don't themselves typically make, you know, huge AAA games of, yeah. out of their own, you know, budget. You know, they're, they're kind of they're kind of known for being that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I yeah, I, the the one I mean, I was more worried, worried about Perfect Dark than than this because I think Playground are just, you know. The initiative were a new studio, still are a new studio, so nobody really knew what to expect, and making yeah. new studios is really hard. So when that news came out, it's kind of like, oh, you know, I told you so, like, this this hasn't been going well, and we don't know if that's actually the case. It, it probably isn't. It's probably been going okay. Uh, with Playground, you kind of trust them more, right, because yeah. they, they know how to make big games, and they've been a studio for a long time. Uh, and uh, they're very talented. Um it does suggest that whatever the game is, you know, whatever the final thing is, it's very ambitious because of what, you know, they're going to be paying a lot of money to involve Edos Montreal in it. Yeah. Um, and they've hired a, a boatload of talent from elsewhere. Um, but just kind of at the position, like some something has happened in the development of this game because they clearly announced it way too early. Yeah. Like, the, you know, they, they did something way too early. And I think on the premise that, maybe this would, you know, be more out there by now. Now, that doesn't mean something's gone wrong, but it might be that they had to change scope at some point or they had to kind of, you know, think about what they were doing in the game and, and um, reevaluate how they were going to end up at that state. Um, so more than anything, I just hope we see it soon, you know, because I think yeah. it's been, it really has been a long time. Just another, I don't know, a, gameplay trailer would be nice or some just something right just not a cg trailer like we need to see 
some game like it's like you i think in the entire xbox studios portfolio apart from whatever id are making next it's my most anticipated game so yeah. i'd really like to see what it looks like what they're going for you know what's it going to be like that would be great yeah you you, you do raise an interesting point there because you know we, we, we spoke about sort of um it's not uncommon for a game to have multiple developers in, involved. Uh, you, you used a good example of maybe someone like um, Saber helping out with Halo. Um, you know, the example that I kind of used when we were chatting to Stubbs, he's mentioned there is, you know, um, when God of War Ragnarok went gold, they kind of said, look, I think eight different partners had, had maybe assisted them in some way on on the development of, of God of War Ragnarok. But yeah, I think the key difference with Crystal Dynamics and Addis Montreal is the fact that these are traditional kind of developers that lead their own games you know they've um Addis montreal just come off guardians of the galaxy which was unbelievably well well received mm-hmm. um and uh crystal dynamics obviously famous behind the the um most recently the the tomb raider franchise if, if i remember yeah, yeah it is it is tomb raider, and avengers it? and oh christ yeah well that <laughs> maybe explains it so, so <laughs> it's funny that that avengers just had completely just left just yeah. left my mind. I forgot. I forgot it even existed. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah, but but these are obviously developers that are traditionally, you know, AAA developers that are responsible for for their own project, and it almost feels like they've kind of been relegated somewhat yeah. to support studios in a way, almost in the same way that kind of Activision has done with some of their smaller studios, where they've kind of just demoted them essentially to kind of Call of Duty support studios. And I don't know if that's. I, I, I'm wondering why that might. B is that is this a decision decision that you think that Square had made? Um, do you think maybe Xbox got in with the two for one deal with Crystal Dynamics helping out on Perfect Dark and uh, and Addis helping out on on Fable at the time, or is this maybe a decision mm. that has happened more more recently and has maybe come off the back of maybe not great commercial success with their last two projects, and this is seen as something that's a little less risky for them. Yeah, I'm a bit more inclined to think that this was something that Square put in place before they sold them, uh, because I think it makes a bit more sense that Square, you know, having, you know, complained about the results of its Western games for many years, um, kindly finally said, right, enough's enough. We're just going to put you into a holding pattern effectively until we figure out what to do. Um, And, you know, entered into this deal with, with Microsoft to effectively help develop some of their projects with these studios. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Embracer have, have bought them subject to those, you know, uh, contracts effectively and, and probably decided to just run with it uh, because it doesn't stop, you know, the studios being scaled up and working on other things as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's probably what happened because I, you know, I I don't, it wouldn't make much sense to me for Embracer to buy them and then go, you know, in this case, and then go, right, your first project is to make a game that we are not even publishing, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it just, it just wouldn't make much, much sense for that to be the first decision. So I think, I think they probably took, took the studio subject to all of these deals and just said, right, that's, that's fine. You know, in some ways it will probably help. The, some of the people in those studios, as in, you know, they'll get to work on a current gen only big budget AAA game that will help them and aid them in their development of, you know, games going forward. And I think I think Shreya said didn't he that they had uh, they had uh, I think Eos Montreal working on a new IP 
and they were working on a new Deus Ex as well. Yeah, that so was it's not the really only project early. that they're working on. Yeah, so it's not the only thing that they're working on. But each of those, is, like the Deus Ex game is like probably pre-pre-production at this point, so it's like super way out. Uh, the new IP is probably the closest thing to a production game, and maybe they've just got some time. I mean, you know, um, Sony did this with uh, uh, Naughty Dog, you know, where uh, they said, we've got a, you know, a bunch of, a massive bunch of developers not doing anything. They've released The Last of Us Part Two. Some of them are working on factions. And then we've got this whole group that actually are not working on anything. So the idea was that, the part one project would be something to acclimatize them to new hardware and it could be commercially successful. Um, so if that's happening at Naughty Dog, you know, maybe this is the same concept, right? That Square yeah. or Embracer, probably Square, just thought actually they have a gap now of development while they figure out what they want to do um, or we figure out what we want to do with them. So let's get them just working on something and get some money out of it and then we can go from there. So. Yeah, that that's kind of I guess the the angle from Square's perspective. As as you say, <laughs> they've not been particularly complimentary towards their Western studios in the past. I still find Square an utterly bizarre company. To to be honest, I mean, just this past week, um, or this past couple of weeks, I think. First of all, they spoke about um how the Japanese market isn't um profitable enough now for them just to focus on that particular market um so they need kind of more uh, uh, maybe a more global audience um just shortly after selling off their western game studios which was a little, little bit of irony there and then uh just this past um few days the project that people believe to be was parasite eve um, I can't remember the yeah. name. What was yeah. it like? Biogenesis or something Symbol like that. Biogenesis. That, that's yeah. the one. Turned out to be an NFT yeah. collection <laughs> pro- project, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> Square don't, they never cease to amaze me. The, Square and Platinum are truly bizarre developers because they are, both come out with some incredible stuff, but they also um, yeah, they come out with some things. shite yeah. as well. Yeah, so. it's very bizarre, isn't it? Like, you, you look at the slate of, I mean, like, for me at least, the slate of Square Enix games, you know, Final Fantasy uh, Seven Rebirth and then Sixteen. you know, at least one of those will hit next year, maybe both. Yeah. Forspoken starting to look better, like, mm. as, as more stuff's being released. And, like, they have all that cool stuff and then, yeah, they just, then they think, ah, Parasite Eve, what would that make? What could we use that for? Oh yeah, let's let's do an NFT <laughs> project spin-off. Um, yeah. it's just like platinum making, you know, Babylon's fall, isn't it? Yeah. Although wasn't that wasn't that published by Square? Yeah, yeah, it was. was yeah, it was yes, published. Yes. Yes. So that, that, that was a combination yeah. of both of them. A combination yeah. of fuck ups, yeah. <laughs> and I remember as well because I was looking forward to that game, because initially it was meant to be like a platinum style, yeah. you know, uh character action game. That was the original pitch, that was the original trailer. And then it went dark, and then it was revealed. Yeah, that is live service, yeah, live service game, and everybody was like, "The fuck! Like, what are you doing? Like?" And then obviously, it just completely that was no doubt like a square orientated yeah. decision. I'm sure Platinum also agreed, but like, I'm sure that was left by Square. Yeah. It's just bonkers. It's well, Platinum have spoken about their kind of the, the fact that they want to pivot more to live service yeah. development because they they. I mean, I, I can understand why any developer would want to. I guess it's it's an easy way to well, start easy by any stretch, obviously, but it's a way of sort of 
being able to monetize a game longer term rather than just the, the the sales of a game. So I can understand it, but obviously when it goes bad, and I don't think there's a worse example than Babylon's Fall. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the impact can be quite bad. I think just reputational damage yeah. alone can be can be quite significant. You know, <laughs> platinum in a way are kind of a little bit of a. Uh, dare I say it, a laughing stock when Babylon's Fall was re-revealed and then was released. Like you, you saw the articles, like player base on Steam for Babylon's Fall was single digits a week after yeah. launch, and it became sort of a, a meme in itself. Obviously, they, they've got all the projects to fall on. You know, Bayonetta was obviously very well well received and and stuff. So um, yeah, but it is yeah, <laughs> it is it is funny. Um, that it's uh, we obviously speak about Easy Allies a, a, a little bit as well. I don't know if you caught last week's episode of their podcast. Uh, I listened yeah. to it quite late this time. I only listened to it on Friday, so this was after the NFT game was released. And Brad was talking about this Parasite Eve project, and he sounded so excited <laughs> about, about this project. And I was listening to it, obviously with the hindsight of having known what the actual announcement is or, yeah. or was in the end, which was so funny because I think they even joked about it being like a mobile gacha game or something. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, it was, close, it, was even, yeah. it was even worse than a mobile gacha yeah. game as as, as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 was funny. Um, so, um, Pucks, do you have a tinfoil hat at the ready by any chance, mate? Unfortunately, not right now. No, uh, I want to. I want to run a little bit of a conspiracy theory by you. See, see, wow. see, see what your thoughts are. So, if, if you okay, go for it. So, hear me out. And I'm, this isn't my idea. Just just for the record, I've read this though. So, Square Enix was selling the their studios. They saw them were Embracer, Crystal Dynamics, Addis Montreal are obviously helping out Xbox on uh, uh, Perfect Dark and, and Fable. But obviously Microsoft were a little tied up buying a little publisher known as Activision Blizzard. So I've seen some people suggesting that maybe there's a little bit of a, a, a back backdoor deal between Microsoft and Embracer going on here where... Microsoft maybe did want to purchase them, but they didn't want to do anything that might hinder the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So some people have suggested that maybe Embracer, the plan for these studios is to actually just move them on to, to Microsoft at a, at a later date once the Activision um, deal deal has gone has gone through. And, uh, you know, then they've got the support studios in, uh, in, in in-house Um uh, Embrace, I can get a return for on on their investment. Um, do you think there's any any truth to to that particular theory? Do you think that's a, a little bit too too crazy? Wow, who knows? Part of me wants to say, I don't, I don't know. I don't even think that, I don't even think that lives in the realm of ridiculous. As funny as that sounds, because like worse things have happened <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this that sometimes turn out to be true, right? So, God, I don't even know. Um, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but at the same time, how else do you try to gather various things together whilst, you know, trying to manhandle this behemoth, which is your Activision deal? So <laughs> it could well be. Uh, I, ah, it's very hard to answer. I don't really know. Um, like, it's one of it's like a lot of conspiracy. Well, not a lot of them. Some of them just outright sound ridiculous and are easily incorrect. But then there's some like that one where... You know, there's so many if buts and maybes, and no one person really knows everything inside out. So it lives within the realms of possibility. But 
whether or not it's actually the case. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't know. That's I a, think maybe there's... an interesting theory. Yeah, I think there could be some truth to it in a sense that Microsoft were interested and the reason that they didn't pursue the acquisition was maybe because they had Activision Blizzard in, in, in the works. But as Luke, what, 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 do you think that would have made any, any difference? If we were sitting here today, obviously we've had the discussions around the CMA for the past few weeks now. Um, uh, we'll not touch on the CMA in particular uh, too much, but you know a lot of it's been around. You know, uh, Microsoft acquiring uh, Activision Blizzard is like an impact competition. Would that conversation be different if if Microsoft was sitting here today with IDOS, um, Square Enix Montreal, and uh, Crystal Dynamics in in their first party studios as well? Uh, no, I don't think so because um, they're not. Look, I mean, they're pretty big studios, but they're not. Not gigantic ones, uh, and they don't have IP that is particularly huge. You know, I mean, Tomb Raider is probably the biggest IP that those, you know, Crystal Dynamics or well, Square Enix with Crystal Dynamics yeah. held. Uh, but that's not like it's not a mega franchise like Call of Duty is or anything like that, or Fortnite or FIFA or whatever. Um, it's it's much lower than that, and in fact, it's probably a lower a franchise than even something like um, Elder Scrolls, right? At this point, yeah. So, um, I don't think that would have affected anything as far as the CMA is concerned because they're not too bothered, or seemingly not too bothered about amount of developers. Actually, it's you know one of the main points is about the ubiquitousness of Call of Duty and how that impacts competition, which just none of that applies to the franchises that those two studios hold. So um, th- there might be a, an optics thing from Microsoft. You know, there they could have been in theory something where they were like, you know, we would like to get these studios, but optically we know that. We're going to be acquiring or trying to acquire Activision Blizzard in the same time period. So, do we really yeah. want to kind of all those out there in the public? Um, while we do that, that doesn't optically look great. Um, <clears throat> do I think there's a grand conspiracy? I mean, first of all, I should say I really am against conspiracy theories <laughs> in general. So, you'll probably know what my answer is going to be here. But do I think there's some sort of uh, conspiracy for you know Embracer to to hand off these studios to Microsoft? Absolutely not, um, because that's not that's not how you buy. You know, that's not how you no. do M and A. You don't do it on the on the you know the backdoor handshake understanding that you'll sell them on for a profit that's not how it works um and certainly for embracer what would be the point because all you would get out of that deal is you would get yeah a bunch of great ip deus ex tomb raider you've got no fucker to develop them right because you've sold the studios that were the the stewards of those franchises so why why would you do that um i suspect it's one of two things it's either as we discussed, it's either Square Enix made, made those deals. There wasn't some change of control provision that applied to whatever contracts they made. Thus, you know, the studios were kind of forced and Embracer were forced to kind of honor that. Um, or two, Embracer could have gotten out of that deal, you know, in terms of the Crystal Dynamics thing and also the um, the Fable one uh, with Edos with Montreal. But they decided actually for where they are in their dev cycles, it's probably a good thing if they keep doing that and we get a bunch of money from it. So yeah. let's just do it. Um, so yeah, no, I don't. Now, one day, could Microsoft buy those studios? Maybe, but I guess that depends on how they perform for Embracer and what Embracer think of them going forward. They're not, they don't seem like the type of um, whole, you know, kind of group entity to to really want to sell developers or anything like that. So 
and they have no reason to, unlike Square Enix, who are obviously disappointed with their performance. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, Embrace's expectations in terms of performance will be a lot lower than than Square Enix's um, expectations about sales, etc. So, But no, I don't think there's a grand conspiracy. I just think that's the way it is. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Like I say, I did see that being um, banded about a little bit. And I, I think it does beg the question is maybe why didn't um, Microsoft purchase them? Because it wasn't a particularly expensive deal. I think it was like $300 million in the end for three studios. Yeah. Um, one and the IP. Mo- yeah, and the IP. One of them was a mobile developer. Microsoft have been particularly keen to highlight, you know, their uh, their interest in, in that market. You know, Phil Spencer's interviews with uh, the likes of Wall Street Journal and there was another company um, that this past week. He said, you know, this Activision Blizzard deal was about mobile. Now, obviously... King, uh, Call of Duty Mobile is far bigger than any of the Goal franchise that Square Enix Montreal were, were working on, but still, it's kind of another developer in, in that space. And what was a relatively, I say, inexpensive, inexpensive in Microsoft terms, obviously, um, a, a relatively inexpensive acquisition. So I am a little bit surprised, actually. Um, I was surprised when uh, the Crystal Dynamics announcement came out. I was like, well, why wouldn't Microsoft be interested? And then maybe I thought, oh, well, maybe it's because Square weren't interested in just selling Crystal Dynamics and Embracer came along and and uh, and wanted to buy all three. But then, oh, okay, we're also paying uh, essentially um, Embracer now to to assist us or to loan us the developers for, for, for Fable. It kind of makes less sense now than, than, than it ever has as to why Microsoft just didn't. Um, acquire the studios now obviously an acquisition isn't just something that you can do on a whim or uh it isn't the easiest process in the world but considering the the state that microsoft is in when it comes to acquisitions it just uh it seems a little a little unusual the fact that they're just paying somebody else for development resource rather than just buying it themselves considering that's that's kind of what what, what they want to do so yeah but as you say maybe um if perfect dark turns out to be an absolute hit Maybe Crystal Dynamics is one that Microsoft are interested in because the initiative is, I think um, Stubbs put it in the chat earlier. Where where was it? Stubbs, apologies. I think he put something in there about the initiative just being bizarre. And I think that that's fair. I think Playground, obviously an established studio, they're building up a second team. Maybe they just needed IDOS Montreal to help them get established and then they'll continue to build that second team for whatever the, the follow-up project is. But the initiative is something brand new. They've got... Uh, also, well, they've reportedly had all kinds of problems with people leaving the team. It's now a much smaller team, so maybe that is something that happens happens in the future. But yeah, I think it's fair to say there's not Satya isn't uh, in in some dark alley with the head of Embracer at the moment, uh, handing over paper envelopes. Uh, I don't think, but yeah, I might say it just begs a question as to maybe why they didn't when when they had the opportunity. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there any other topics that you guys wanted to touch on? Touch on this evening? Anything else this past week? I think not. A, well, it can be a topic, but more than anything, people need to go and find <laughs> that reveal of Overdose, which is one of Kojima's new games. Not even for the project. Like, not like you may or may not be interested. Like, if you're not interested in it, still go and watch the the not reveal but the uh the leak uh that that happened i was in work and was having to literally hold like my mouth not to like burst out laughing 
because I was watching it because I, I, I didn't have any background for what I was about to see and opened it up. And then there were just multiple layers to that, to that, <laughs> that off screen recording that are just absolutely hilarious. They're just literally one of the funniest, like, you know, leaked reveals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I could was, not stop. <laughs> there was something very early 2000s about the leak. Yeah. I think like like the whole cam footage or something. Cam footage, yeah. yeah. Well, there was someone that was like, uh, I read it somewhere, it was like, if anything, this sounds like a Kojima reveal, like such <laughs> the absurdity. Um, so like, I'd be all for that. If this turns out to be like a a controlled leak that he initiated, (laughs) I I would be all for that. Cause, uh, yeah, it's just everything. It's the recording of a thing on another screen through another thing. It's yeah. the reflections that happen on the screen. <laughs> it's the big reveal at the end of that video. <laughs> Did you see this yourself, Pucks? I haven't seen it. Oh, you know, it's The thing that would have been the icing on the cake for me is uh, if you couldn't see his face, because yeah. I would have just looked, I, in my mind, that's Norman Reedus. Uh, recording yeah. that footage and recording himself <laughs> and i can imagine people like finding clips of norman like in i don't know walking dead shirtless and comparing nipples and things like that to yeah. see who it is uh yeah so it, it but it, it it was bizarre like you say there was something really unusual really early 2000s about like that leak i remember back in the day watching the first pokemon movie which was on cam footage um when yeah. i was on vhs and it just had that sort of vibe to it where yeah it just it just seemed really really bizarre um but we were talking about in 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 the in the chat luke and like what the hell is this project because we assume yeah. death stranding 2 is being worked on uh he's announced a project with microsoft there's overdose um mm. which has come out which the footage was um, seemingly on a phone as well. Like yeah. obviously it was recorded yeah. on a phone, but it was also of a phone. Um, and then obviously uh, for, for those who hadn't uh, seen it, Kojima also did an interview with Jeff on his Spotify podcast, which he announced during summer games fest, I believe um, where he talked about things like abandoned uh, and saying how he was receiving like deep fakes of like Kojima <laughs> working on but then the abandoned Twitter account tweeted about <laughs> yeah, it which I thought was one. amazing yeah. uh, so there's a lot of, lot of Kojima news but yeah I, I, what, what do you think this 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 project is guys do you think this is the Microsoft project do you think it's Kojima's just full of busy and he's got three projects on the go at the moment mm. uh, yeah, I yeah I don't know i i think it's i don't think it's a microsoft project it just doesn't it doesn't strike me as a thing that microsoft would be like yeah that's what we want kojima to make you know that's what we want to bring him in for yeah um it you know as you say part of that is the the mobile element which could lend itself to being the microsoft project as we know that's that's a cloud-based you know project so you technically could play it anywhere but i don't see like i don't know microsoft don't seem to really like horror games do they you know what i mean like they've never really struck me yeah. as particularly interested in them uh, what, what horror games i mean i don't know they, they obviously had the likes of condemned which was exclusive they did. Yeah, the medium they did. was 
timed exclusive, whether you want to consider that a horror game or not, yeah. is obviously an, an, another matter. Um, yeah, it's, but 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 you're right. It's not something that they've typically jumped into typically. too too much. And- Sorry, go on. No, man. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say, if, if anything, it also just seems like it's probably a little bit too further along, based yeah, on the timeline yeah. of like the announcement. Um, unless it's something that he's been working on for some time, and Microsoft has snapped it up a bit later mm. in development. But I kind of got a feeling that it was something sort of brand new. And Kojima reportedly had this Stadia project. Um, which obviously would have been a, a cloud game, and that was reportedly cancelled. Maybe it's that. Maybe it never. Mm. Maybe we never see the uh, this game ever again. Be beyond beyond these yeah. leaks, you know. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's it, it. I mean, the feeling that I got from the footage was that it that you know what was being shown was like just a proof of concept. Yeah, it didn't look like it looked really rough and kind of odd it was kind of like uh this is kind of the feel we're going for and you can see that by just like the character model the character models uh margaret Qualley, who was in death stranding it's her character model like it's the same same one just with a dress yeah uh, which suggests you know like it suggests even more that it's a proof of concept because it was just something they could spin up really quickly to show to kind of pitch uh so i think this may be whatever he was working on with Google. Uh, but as you say, we don't know that that's the project that he's now working on with Microsoft. This may be something that he, you know, had funding for, uh, or, or, you know, self-funded and it's just a mobile project, like a third smaller project, uh, that he wants to do. And then he's got, you know, Death Stranding 2, which is probably the big, the biggest thing that he's got going on at the minute. And then down the line, is uh is is the xbox project because the xbox project especially when he announced that that sounded like it was super early yeah like it was very early days for that so i don't think it could i don't think it would be this either so there's a lot of like kind of speculation but i, I just don't feel like whatever this is it's it's related to microsoft or or sony for that matter it's like a yeah. kojima published game um, I, th- I think that's but- I think that's fair. And yeah, I kind of got a, a, a sense of a grander scale with the Xbox announcement. Now, yeah. obviously, that was just yeah. the announcement, but there was nothing in there where, and I appreciate obviously the you know it was always going to be difficult to get across what the game is in that footage, but in the footage there was nothing that you know seemed sort of out out of this world, you know, like um, groundbreaking yeah. or anything. And and I get the sense that he is truly going for something fairly groundbreaking with. Um, with what what he what he's doing with Xbox, um, whether it turns out to be obviously is another matter. But yeah, um, if anyone hasn't seen the footage, then um, yeah, <laughs> please please go watch it just for the comedy value. Comedy value yeah, uh, yeah. alone and pucks. I know you've not seen it. I know you've heard it, but it's two and a half minutes. That well worth your time, <laughs> mate. Please 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 watch find it. it. Once, but yeah, I'll try and find it shortly out later tonight then. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess on on that point then, for I guess a question, uh, same question for you both, just to to wrap up the show is when do we see Kojima's next project? Has Keely got it for the TGs? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? He's got to bring something. Yeah. Surely it's it's his next project. You in agreement, Pucks? Yeah, it has to be. Well, where else would it be shown off? Yeah, yeah, that's that's. And, and he's Kojima's also been doing those. I don't know if people have seen those teasers and reveals on Twitter. 
What uh, so what is what is that? That's the who am I thing and yes, yeah, so, so that started yeah, a while yeah. back, a, a couple, couple started of weeks a while back. back. Yeah, so there's been a couple of a couple of them, um, uh, two so far, uh, which have been as you say, like who am I and and that sort of stuff against a you know a person against a yeah a backdrop, pretty dark, you can't see them, and then he's revealed um, who who they are. So it's actually some uh, actors uh, that are going to be in his next project. Um, so it's pretty, pretty big ones as well. Uh, Ellie, Ellie Fanning was, was the first yeah. one. I can't remember who the second one was, but I remember that she played Yukio in Deadpool. Um, so, uh, like he's teasing kind of, you know, the, 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 I think the next project reveal or whatever they're related to is pretty close, I would think. So, um, yeah, I get the feeling that once he's done with these, and I think he just did a new teaser recently, which might have been like a reference to when, you know, rather than yeah. who, uh, which suggests, again, he's getting ready to show off something. Um, and I think that, from the looks of it, I think that's probably Death Stranding too, um, based on the pedigree of actor that he's been using yeah. and where we know, he's, where we think his projects are. I think, I think that would be Death Stranding too. And I think that would, you know... It's, I mean, it has to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Death Stranding too, though, because I kind of got the vibe from these teasers, whatever you want to call them. I, I was kind of thinking this isn't Death Stranding too. I, I kind of got the vibe that it was maybe something completely different. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, could, I could be wrong. It's just it seems it seems like a, a strange way to reveal a sequel. If you if you know if you know yeah. what I mean, it kind of like just the vibe I got from the teasers just was a different vibe to, to Death Stranding. So I don't know because some of the some of the imagery that he's been using on some of these reveals has been like strand based, you know, okay, fair enough. strand imagery. So uh, it just it just feels like it's Kojima saying this is the next game, and yeah. I think you know not not for to I'm not going to spoil Death Stranding, but like there are places you can go which would suggest the cast he's got, okay. like you know who the, who those might be. So uh, along with Reedus, obviously he will definitely be in the the next one. Um, but uh, yeah, I think obviously if we see Reedus in one of these teasers, then we know it's definitely Death yeah. Stranding. <laughs> and if we don't, I'm sure we'll find out pretty soon anyway, because I think it will be the TGA. So yeah. Well, not not too long. We've got about yeah. what a month and a week, five a five to six weeks. Yeah. Not not an awful awful lot of time to go. And uh, Kiri has been teasing the TGAs. I, I shouldn't say the TGAs. I should just say TGAs. Oh, the Game <laughs> Awards. Yeah, the the Game Awards. Um, he's been teasing them a little bit, talking about how the team's working hard on it. So I'm excited to see. Um, I think uh, we should hopefully be in for for a good show. And that's come from someone who wasn't particularly impressed by sort of the um. The, the summer games fest or gamescom this year but i, I think the game awards could be pretty pretty big this year yeah uh, personally i think xbox will bring a couple of projects as well so um yeah i think with that gents we'll maybe maybe wrap up the show for for, for, for this evening um i just want to say thank you to everybody who who stopped by in in chat we had uh goggle paul and uh it's timmy drop, drop by a little bit earlier. so you guys in chat thank you very much for for joining everyone appreciate everyone else who, who uh, i think we we call it everyone else earlier on the show as well thank you all for for dropping by i'll use this as another opportunity just to say um, 
um if you wouldn't mind please like share and subscribe that would be that would be wonderful um again apologies for any technical issues <laughs> earlier earlier in the show uh, not the smoothest start uh to to proceedings for, for us today so um but pucks um hopefully you've enjoyed the show man thank you very much for, for stopping by no, definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, I always enjoy talking games with you guys and the rest of the community. So, yeah, thanks for stopping by. And, yeah, looking forward to the next one. Got yeah. a more special, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll have to see because I guess it'll depend on whether you guys can peel yourself away from your TV for for a couple of hours next Sunday evening. We'll, we'll see. But mm. hopefully we'll be back next Sunday. It's been good to be a little bit more consistent these past few weeks. Um, this this new slot seems to be doing doing quite well so uh, but also luke thank you very much mate i um, appreciate you, you you coming on hopefully you enjoy the show mate oh yeah yeah absolutely as usual and uh yeah we will we'll we'll talk about it we'll pry ourselves away from ragnarok for, for next week's show i think because we'll have to we'll have to talk about it uh but we'll also not really talk about it because we can't really say or yeah. don't want to say much about it smaller wise but yeah we'll uh we'll have to have to touch on it i think yeah, you guys can maybe do like a maybe get uh, someone like BMG on and maybe do like a spoiler cast show type thing maybe uh, shortly after after release as well. That's always the thing, isn't it? Like I remember speaking about Plague Tale Requiem a few weeks ago, and I was just desperate to talk about particularly the last five chapters. Um, but you yeah. know, really conscious of the fact that people haven't quite got there just yet. So it's it's always a balance, isn't it? So, but yeah, we will try to keep that conversation as spoiler free as as we can so um yeah but i think on on that note everyone uh, again appreciate everyone for uh stopping by um like i say we should be back next sunday keep an eye on uh the socials also um just a little plug for our discord um twitter has been weird this this past week shall we say with the the takeover from from one mr musk and i know a lot of people are considering whether they even want to use platform anymore so please do remember we've got a discord so jump in there if you do want to keep in touch if you are considering uh, maybe uh, taking a break from twitter but other than that um thank you all very much for joining and we'll see you all next week